Smoothie, this episode of Ain't That Swell is brought to you by fucking Billabong and Ain't That Swell Live on the road. Here we go, motherfuckers! Shenanigans ahoy, I cannot wait to get on the road in my rusting money pit of a pedal van and have a good old laugh of the Swellians, Vaughn. Oh, good old Pack laugh. a couple of rompers. Couple of service. Sip a couple of schooners. Even a couple of cheekies in the old fucking cubicles out the back of fucking South Granola Barlow. Uh, but seriously, mate, um, ain't that's where live. Coming to a surf core town near you. Let's just have a quick run at some of the uh, venues. Haven't announced all venues and dates yet, but tickets are going super fast. Get on it. Uh, secretsounds.com is the website to get the tickets. Narrabeen already sold out. Newcastle nearly gone. South Cronulla almost gone. Sunny Coast going fast. Uh, Bondi, we've got a few tickets there, but a uh, big announcement coming up for the guest at that one. Yeah, who we got? Who are some of the names floating well, around? Well, I, I won't say uh, who's been uh, uh, sort of, you know, steered into what show just yet, but some of the guests we got coming on. Oki, Parco, Credence. Pauline Mensa, the Swillian Queen. Kieran Perro, Pipeline Master. He's coming on. Connor's going to come. Connor O'Leary. Hey, hey, mm. how do you hey, feel about hey, Connor? Hey, hey. hey. Mm. You like him? Mm. You like him? I hope we get the lot, you mutt. I mean, yeah, Connor's going to be there. He's going to be fucking good, mate. Uh, we got Simon Anderson. We've got the world fucking champion, mate. Idolo Ferreira. He's coming on. And we've got Jaddy Andre's coming, which is going to be fucking you, beauty. The heart and soul of Brazilian surfing, Mate, the beating black bean in that can. You and I are going to fucking bring you out the ETH wash for that one, Smithy. Oh. I know you're not, you might not partake, mate, but fucking Vorno will be getting right on it. Uh, who else? I reckon, uh, did I say Simon Anderson? Yep, yeah, uh, and a heap more, heaps more, mate. But it's going to be uh, an awesome run of shows. We're coming over the West. We're going to hit the West and stay tuned for uh, a third announcement, including... Queensland and Victoria and maybe even South Wales. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, and I ASB are going to find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking jump, want to be tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the pull back, drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that's the table thing? Oh, surf looks good, Ivan. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! Get a haircut. Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the Sultan of Psilocybin, the maestro of microdosing, the punch-drunk pikey himself, Zimmy And I'm joined here by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine, Vaughn Corn Deadly. G'day, Smithy. G'day, mate. How are you, mate? How are you, Smithy? Oh, I'm all right, mate. A bit wet, a bit damper. Yeah, it's fucking wet. Yeah, it's a bit of a fucking disgrace. I mean... What's happened, Smith? What happened to Lily? What happened to it? Oh, it's that old story. Uh, you give them an inch, they take a mile. <laughs> well, didn't we kick off this whole La Nina with a happy La Nina, happy Festivus, happy... 
Mm. Happy, happy La Nina, mate. Yeah, well, how are you feeling about La Nina now that the whole fucking state's underwater? It started off merry enough. Uh, you know, she came in, he juiced us up a couple of cyclones, a bit of vis. consistent run of uh, you know mid-period swell. It was quite nice. Mm, I didn't, I didn't mind it one little bit when it first kicked in, mm. but now, well, then it just didn't stop fucking raining. Yeah, well, fuck off, La Nina. I've had uh, a gut full of you. Fuck off, you dog. You fucking juice us up. You just get the run and join. You get the fucking lot, you mate. Fucking dog, mate. But, uh, yeah, it's just a disgrace. I mean, I haven't had a clean pair of undies for fucking weeks for. And I had a look at my tidy whities the other day. They look like an archaeological dig site. <laughs> They're covered in mould, mate. They haven't, dried, they, oh. they haven't been dry since you got out of the surf in the beginning of summer. I was digging through the layers of skin marks. It was just skin marks on skin marks. There was skin marks dating back to early February. It's a disgrace. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot get. Uh, I can't get anything dry. Like I walk into the house and the the windows. If I've left a window open, everything in the house has that like that salty, you know, the mildewy mm. sort of filthy layer of uh, salt film all over it. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's hectic. I lie in bed and like just lying in a in a like it's like lying, lying in a wet towel. Mm. It's gross. It's a disgrace. I mean, I might be the salt and the psilocybin, but I don't want mushrooms growing out of my microwave ceiling. <laughs> exactly, mate. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Lenina, I hope you get the light, you fucking mutt. What a grub. You're a grub. Fuck off. And uh, yeah, I mean, just flooding in Port Macquarie, Taree, entire homes lost, livestock dead, and uh, surf core 2001's entire crypt of early 2000 no. surfing magazines no. gone, born. No. Pages stuck together, and I'm not just talking the black fly burners <laughs> yeah. and some bikini fold outs. <laughs> The whole kit and caboodle. Oh, yeah, right. I think Surf Corps Black Fly ads would have been stuck together years ago. I haven't even seen one uh, appear on his feed in a long, long time. Mm. What else? The old hot tuna ads? I don't reckon they would get much of a look in it in Surf Corps mag collection in these days. Uh, anything else? No, oh, I mean, fuck, I don't Cold know. Cold sunglasses? They mm. had a couple of uh, mm. pretty, you know, what? Fodder? Fodder for the young mind? Mm. Mm. Anyway. Predating the red tube. So uh, has he lost his mag collection down there? Is that official? Because uh, Taree is literally, like, I saw a thing on the news the other day, a house was floating down the river in yeah. Taree, an entire house. I mean, it's biblical shit. I mean, Taree, Port Mac, uh, you know, that kind of mid-north coastline was just getting absolutely lit up by fires. It was on fire, yeah. a raging inferno. Uh, and then it's just basically gone from that into coronavirus. And now in the first uh, summer... Mm. Out of the the fire and the drought, we've got this kind of biblical flood scenario. Just, I mean, what's what's next for some kind of plague? Some kind of plague of Brazilian wave locusts <laughs> upon our shores, just feasting on every last morsel of moving ocean. It's just the way of this country, mate. Fire and flood, famine and drought. It's just uh, it's a it's a place of of hard hard lessons, Smithy, and we're not helping it along in any way, shape, or form by the decisions we're making. But I'll tell you what, we have got pro surfing coming back to town. Mm, that's there right, Vaughn. Fuck, your got... house might float off down the river, but at least you can go down the beach and watch Jaddy Andre surf a heat against Jesse Mendes, mate. <laughs> that's got to put a smile on your fucking aisle. That's a reason to rejoice. And uh, we've got one of them in here right now of us. Uh, he's a world tour. This would be your third year on the tour, is it? He's been on the show before as well. Connor O'Leary, the Cronulla Call Lord, the Kingpin. The Ballin' a Blow-In, welcome to the program. <laughs> Lennox Ballin' a Blow-In, eh? That's me. Nice to see you, mate. How's the prep going? Are you, you, have you been enjoying watching everyone else stuck in a hotel room while you've been getting drained? You must be. <laughs> I wish I was getting more drained, but um, yeah, it is good to be out. And I guess I guess to do it early um, and get it over and done with was, was the best part. And yeah, just been watching them just getting drained. 
in the comfort of their own <laughs> hotel yeah, room. You've done it. You've done it. We were just talking about this before the show. Uh, how stressful, like keeping any surfer out of the water, like, like even if you've just got a mild, like, you know, board rash that's just, you know, turning into sea ulcers and you've got to give it three days off. Like it's hard. It's hard for any surfer to do, but I feel like professional surfers in particular, maybe like, half the reason why they get to where they're at is because they just froth harder than anyone else. Mm. So what is it like when you just, you know, it's not an injury. It's not sort of anything other than you're just forced to sit in a room. How much does it start? Like, how long before it starts getting into your head? Yeah, it's 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 fucked. <laughs> I mean, that's as mm. that's as simple as you could put it. I mean, I was saying to someone that I haven't been out of the water for two weeks for probably since I was about eighteen when I wow. broke my leg. So that's yeah, it's like ten years where I haven't been out of the water for longer than two weeks. <sighs> so it's pretty wild. How long until those? existential questions start seeping in because i mean one thing i notice uh about these guys you know like Italo and that they're training the house down while they're in there but like it, it, as soon as you stop training or it just must be so hard to convince yourself to get up in the morning and flog yourself like that when there's no carrot at the end of it there's no surf at the end of it you you, mm-hmm. you know you just kind of must be so I easy feel like to... getting up in the in the morning and trying not to flog yourself really is the challenge <laughs> isn't it mm. trying not to flog yourself mm. Because I'd imagine, like, as soon as that door shuts and, uh, you know, uh, there's no one around, that'd be the first thing on your mind, Swimmy. Yeah, especially when you just locked in there with an Oki cutout for two weeks. I mean, uh, things are going to get a little bit weird. What's, uh, yeah, no, good question. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, finding that motivation, like, avoiding those existential questions, avoiding that malaise, that kind of depression starting to sink in. Um, fuck, especially when you were doing it too, because you, you weren't even sure that the... The tour was going to continue. It must yeah. have been like, why the fuck am I doing this? Why did I do this? Why did I go to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, it was, there was, I mean, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of questions. I mean, we went to Hawaii and we were thinking of doing, you know, three events and then coming back in February and everyone was stoked. And then I guess because it just all went to shit from the very start. I mean, um, with the Maui Com getting cancelled and then, you know, it, that kind of just started the, the wave of, of you know bad bad vibes for the rest of the trip and then yeah i mean i I feel like thinking about it now i probably think that they definitely jumped the gun too early but um they had to try like you know it could have been easy it it could have easily just been all right and we would have been sweet and we would have come back and um yeah everyone everyone would have been fine and and all that but um they tried it didn't work so um, at least now they've got a different plan of um, doing it in Oz. I mean, there's pretty much no such thing as COVID here now. Mm. Um, I even saw a story of Leo yesterday walking through the shopping mall, and he had a um, he was just had it facing himself, and he was like, "How good's wearing a not wearing a mask inside?" And to me, we're, you know, because we've been doing it for so long, it's so normal. But for them, like he, you know, pretty much lives with a mask on fully. And I was like, yeah, that's so true, eh? Like, it, we, I guess we do have it so good and, you know, they've got it so under control here that, mm. yeah. Did you go to a dark place in there, in the, in the space of those two weeks or you were able to keep, keep positive? Uh, and how did you keep, you know, if you didn't go to a dark place, how did you keep yourself up? I mean, there's definitely moments where you're like over it and, you know, that's just normal. Like, you get stuck in a room for fucking two weeks. Like, mm. you, no one can actually imagine being stuck in a room for four to, or 15 days. It's mind-boggling. And no yeah. no fresh air. Like, so also break down for us because it was very different when you guys, uh, when you got, when that first batch of Australians came back through quarantine. 
Um, you guys are kind of like the guinea pigs for this whole scenario. And, you know, we're talking like two weeks in a room with no fresh air. Like, you, there was no balconies. You couldn't even open a fucking window and shit. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty wild. Like, I, there, you, there was an opportunity to get a balcony, but it was actually like two grand or something on top of the quarantine 3,000. Mm. Um, it was funny that I like when we got off the... The bus, so you like get get onto the bus, and then they take you to fucking. You don't even know where you where you're going. They just stop and go, get out. Here you go. Here's the hotel you're in. And I was signing in with another guy, an older guy, and he's like asking the lady um, what the extra like payment that they can make to get like a a better room. And the chick was like, yeah, you know, like a balcony is an extra two thousand. There's like a one bedroom apartment for like six, and then there's like a penthouse for like. 10 grand extra Whoa. and this guy's just gone yeah i'll just get the penthouse and i was like looked over i was like fuck i can't fucking stay with you and uh was was charlie medina with this guy or <laughs> what was the go there yeah. it's yeah it's a pretty uh it's it's can't help but feel like there's going to be a rort somewhere right someone's going to be cashing in on all this uh these new rules and regulations smithy or is it is it are the two screws pretty tight from your research from mm. what you've been uh looking into with these hotels because it I remember your story on, uh, was it Stab Premium, just saying that, uh, you know, like the, the level of the food, uh, the service, everything was pretty, pretty dodge. Mm, oh, well, Connor yeah. was the, the man who gave him the scoop, the, uh, the Sheraton's <laughs> ah. prawn tea program. Yeah, fuck, the food was pretty average. It was just kind of like plain food. Mm. Uh, uh, do you I, do, that- I understand that they, uh, the menu was actually ripped straight from the uh, Changi prisoner of war camp there on the Singaporean Railway mm. uh, circa 1945. And you asked whether the, the screws were tight. Well, they actually got a few of the screws from Long Bay to uh, patrol the, the corridor there just to make sure you know, no messages were getting passed between the rooms. There was absolutely no <laughs> contact. I was going to say uh, to any of our listeners who are in the clink, uh, I apologise profusely for the, uh, you know, here we are, like whinging about two weeks in a hotel room, mm. uh, living it up with mm. uh, full service and comfy beds and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, don't worry, if, you, if you're in the clink, we got your back. Mm. We, know, we, we know what's really going on out there, Smithy. Mm. Mm. But uh, Vaughn? Finger buns are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns, feed your face. Number five. Only a few more sleeps until the world tour kicks off Woo. on this here big island of ours, Vaughn. Mm. Uh, the first stop is the Rip Curl Cup at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mick Fanning's been out on the front foot, the ambassador for the Rip Curl Cup there at Newcastle. He had this to say to the WSL, I, I couldn't think of an event. Or a town that deserves a CT more than Newcastle. Oh. It was always one of my favourite stops on tour. Great waves, great people, and you always knew that the whole surf community in Newey were backing you 100%. Mm. I mean, you can say that again, Vaughn. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of Fanning's sins during the old Newcastle surf fest. <laughs> well, if you weren't Mick Fanning and that fucking good, he'd be doing a 15-year whack at Cessnock Prison, I'm pretty sure. Mick fucking Fanning. Easy, Fanning. Uh, wanted posters with, with a bloke called Eugene uh, posted up all around the joint. But they love their bad boy sports heroes in mm, Newey, mate. Don't they? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's the Newcastle Surf Fest is, uh, I guess, the the forerunner to the Rip Curl Cup. Mm-hmm. Newcastle was a, a WQS event for uh, decades there, or been a, just a, and, an absolute debauchery. That, plus, plus. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was like the big, you know, like the the tour kicks off 
generally speaking, in Australia. Has done for a long, long time. But Newey was like the first party. Mm. You know, that's where the, the party tour kicked off. Uh, everyone went up there. It was just a queue. So, you know, you could sort of take it or leave it. It didn't even have uh, a huge rating, did it? It was like a 3,000 for a few years. Might have even dropped down. It was down pretty big for a while. It, like did, it was big, but yeah. like no one went there and, and it just seemed like the uh, – you know, the, the seriousness and the application that people put in at, at other spots on tour and for other big QEs just got sort of like left in the dust and it was like, all right, it's good to see all the crew. We're back from Chrissy, mm. a few beers yeah, flowing. Right. Like you'd always see everyone at Fanny's in the old days just mm. absolutely yeah. let rip. Yeah, it was a warm-up in every sense of the word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're coming to Australia here. This is the uh, – we, we drink 4.9% beer here. <laughs> and that cause light gibberish uh, – yeah, well, the, the, well, the powder, let's just say uh, the, the bathtub of the Banditos looks a lot different to the jungles of Colombia. Mm. So uh, you might want to get your proboscis uh, attuned to the local well, produce. Exactly. Well, as and I rip said, it from there. <laughs> as I said, Smithy, uh, uh, my early, my first, Newcastle was the first ever pro surfing contest I went to when I first got my job. At tracks and uh, well, baptism of fire. Oh man. yeah, mate. Well, I got bashed in Fanny's, left for dead outside. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah just, typical standards. I mean, just part of the uh, the hazing ritual of coming to Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I didn't see. Uh, you know, I was with uh, Kalani Rob and and uh, one of the other Momentum Generation crew at the time. No one stepped in to save old Vero, <laughs> mate. The boys just turned their head cheeks the other way. The second the bouncer started uh, kicking me on the floor, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> Momentum generation went down a few books in my fucking <laughs> – down a few rungs on the ladder for old Vorno that day, I'll tell you, Smith. But, um, no, it's just like uh, – it's it's, it is surf mad, that city. Surf mad, mate. Like, they love it. It's, it's right up there with, you know, loving the nights. And uh, I think a big part of that, obviously, uh, the legacy of the town, uh, having probably – well, the greatest, the most winningest winner uh, in Australian men's surfing is from Newey, Mark Richards, obviously, the, uh, the twinny. You know, uh, it, it only had its uh, little four-year run before Simon chucked the extra fin in and uh, it, it was relegated to the dustbin. But, Jesus, it was a good four years, Vaughan. But also the resurgence of twinnies. It's just, mm. you know, like it's, uh, it's no great surprise that people love that feel. Uh, of and that style of surf and I've been watching a lot of uh, footage of MR like vintage MR sort of 79 to 81 and uh, 82 and mate like in heats the surfing he's doing on two foot waves up to 18 foot waves is fucked up like Mm. I'm talking fucked up like I'm making these um, like content bites for the Newcastle Cup for the Wuzzle and I got hold of all this old footage and it's just Man, you can see why surfing, like, you know, having a hero like that who was just colourful, absolutely all-conquering and doing surfing that no one had ever seen before. That's something you can really grab onto and, and get on that, that train with. And uh, so, yeah, and it's, it's really just stuck around. It never went anywhere in Newcastle. So I'm frothing that, yeah, I, I'm frothing that we're getting back down there. And just looking at the comp itself uh, and the surfers coming up, like, there's a few, you can kind of sense... There's a few statements ready to get made at this comp. Like, it feels like Ethan's ready to go. But uh, I'll tell you who I've been loving during this off-season is Julian. He looks so eggy. Mm. He looks fucking furious. Mm. He looks pissed off, Smithy. Mm. I don't know what the difference is, but he looks like a bloke who dead said he's ready to cave heads in. Mm, I've never seen him with that attitude before. Mm. 
It's probably a uh, just a, a massive build-up of sleep de- deficit from having a newborn child, I'd imagine. It could be Factor that. into it a slightly receding hairline and the uh, just the inability of Australians to really mount a proper world title assault. Years yeah, old. well, he was, was, I know, he was, the, he was the last one there. And I think also getting touched up by Jack Robbo at Pipe mm. and in that mm. tweed comp. I mean, that's, that's like two different styles of surf where Julian is a pipeline master. Uh, and Jack Robbo, let's, you know, like, it's pretty much old, gone now. But like, even leading into the Tweed Coast Pro, there were still questions about his performance in smaller waves. And he just went out and just schooled him in, not schooled him in the Tweedy one because yeah. you can't really in that surf. But I think Jules just like sort of got a bit of a kick up the ass. Yeah, well, let's like, not forget getting shortchanged by Hurley for a few hundred k or whatever mm. that was. Yeah, uh, no, there's a lot to there's a lot of mm. fuel in uh, in Jules's engine, and I don't know what you think, Connor. You, you you must keep a close eye on these things, but he looks pretty fucking ready to go. Yeah, and yeah, it's a hometown sure. comp for him too. Hundred percent. It's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting because you know we haven't seen. Everyone, like pipe, yeah, you know, it's just pretty much a tube contest and you kind of don't really tell how good someone's surfing. But I feel like Meriwether is going to be such an exciting place because, you know, the waves might be, mightn't be as good, but therefore it'll make everyone encourage and encourage everyone to kind of try harder and, and all that and kind of deal with the conditions that are on offer. So it's going to be sick. Mm. It will be. But oh, fuck, mate, the way the weather's going, I mean, we could just get hammered with a big ECL. You guys could be out... Classic, gigantic, so. fucking eight to ten foot Merryweather fucking bombing, mm. mate. Or fucking pipeline G Land esque Dixon Park. Huge yeah, left big left. So Imagine mm. that, Connie, be licking crazy. your lips. <laughs> <laughs> licking your lips. That's, uh, that's Connor actually making that noise. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, talk us through the preparation and uh, yeah, I mean, what are you expecting from the Newcastle event? Um, I feel like I've, I've been, you know, I've had. A number of years going to the the Newcastle, the Kiwi, and it's kind of around the same time of year. So it's kind of it's. I feel like this time of year it's either really big and like stormy and like you know when you get the big southerly like busters and there's like mm. big rights behind the the bars there and um or it's kind of like that two foot off rocks zone or Dixon. So I feel like there's there's going to be a lot of conditions that everyone's going to have to adapt to. Which makes it heaps exciting because it's not like it's not like snapper where you're like expecting good waves. Mm. There's going to be times that it's going to be chunky and dog shit, and they'll probably run a few heats or tiny or you know clean or could be pumping. So yeah, how's your history at Newey? Because I know it's dog shit at Manly. You must be <laughs> you must be frothing that there was no CT called on right. for. For Manly, star- I probably would have had to move to Manly if I knew the comp was trying to fucking stay uh, there for like six a, weeks. Yeah, Newey, any good? I mean, yeah. early rounds last year, Smivy, was probably some of the best waves of the entire tour last year. I don't know if you copped mm. it, but it was sort of like in the six-foot range yeah. and just dead glassy, thick, fucking throaty orbs. A couple of just Kiwi Warriors packing Mondo 10s out there. Matty Jobs got a fucking mm. smoker. It was fucking pumping. Wise, all those yeah. guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, have you, have, you, have you had the best and the worst of it over the years? Um, I feel like my track record at Newey has been pretty good the last, like, bunch of years. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I haven't really had any shit results. Compared to Manly, like, I feel like I'm usually getting pretty consistent results at Newey, which is good. And I think it's just because the fact that, you know, there is so much unpredictability 
and there's always there's always waves. There's always seems to be like power and and all that there. I feel like Merriweather's just like a magnet when it comes to swell. Even when it's small, I feel like it's not that manly kind of soft gravel. Mm. So um, yeah, I feel like a big frame like myself, it's it's easier to kind of throw it around. Talk to us about the wave, uh, Merriweather. It's like a it's like, like kind of slabs pits a bit on certain swells, but it mm. moves around a bit. Is it a bit? What would you compare it to? Bells-ish at times or? It's kind of like a dysfunctional bells. Mm. It's kind of like a same kind of slopey setup, but it's just a bit more all over the place. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I guess bells is kind of the only thing I could think of that's like close to. Mm. But with the uh, kind of potential to churn out a crazy cone when yeah. it's solid in that Yeah, that's the biggest difference, mate. Because if that sand sort of packs in there, it can yeah. go square. Mm. Fully square. We saw it last year. Yeah. And then if they go to the Dixon, then that's that wave's fucking mm. sick. That's like my favourite part of, of Newcastle is that, mm. that whole Dixon Park zone. Fuck. Oh, I'll tell you what, just on the, on the whole uh, men's side of the draw as well, Smithy, Ryan Callan and Jules surfed in the final of Surfest last year. Mm. It was a tie. Uh, and the men's, like in the history of men's pro surfing in Newcastle, no local, born and bred local, has ever won the comp. Mm. Uh, two women have won it: Michelle Donahue and uh, uh, Philippa Anderson. They've both won the, you know, the big one when it came to town. But um, no men, and so Ryan getting so close, you know, finishing the final with a tie. I mean, his motivation is going to be through the roof. It, do you feel that? Like, oh, oh, what's hometown pressure like? Is it a good one to sort of like uh, just touch base on, I suppose, with uh, so many comps in Australia? Mm. Uh, it, do you feel like this is a great opportunity for you to tr- – do you feel that extra sort of uh, – like is it a burden that you've got the whole country behind you or is it something that you can use to elevate your surfing? Um, no, I think it's definitely worth – you know, you got to feel it to elevate your own surfing. Um, I feel like for myself – I guess I don't really have as much pressure as guys like Ryan and Julian and that. I mean, Ryan's from there, so I guess he's got his whole family and all his support crew coming down to watch. And um, I feel like, yeah, you can kind of either go both ways. You can kind of use that pressure and go, fuck yeah, let's just fucking rip crew's head off because, you know, they're here and this is my hometown. Let's fucking do it. Or they could, yeah, or you could just use it and it could just go horribly wrong for you. But um yeah, I feel like for someone like Ryan, it would definitely fuel him to, to go mad. Do we dare to dream? I mean, a, a Ryan Callan victory at Merriweather in the uh, first ever CT there? Or... Well, you and I can dream. Connor's probably not really dreaming about no, it. No, he's not in that same <laughs> dreaming spirit. But, but, I mean, what kind of a celebration would we, would we envision? I mean, it's, 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 we're talking like better than Lego. Oh, no, we're talking better than Lego. 100%. No, if, if, if Callanan won in Newey, it would be as big as any sporting victory that has happened in that town since 97. Mm. I, I would imagine. Mm. I can't think of anything that would set the place on fire, except for Merriweather Board Riders uh, did win on a buzzer beater, I think, yeah, for uh, the, the ABB, shot. and that was huge. That was so monster. Uh, they, the boys know how to send it. But I think, uh, you know, on the level of international sport, have a hometown hero be the first local to win it. Oh, Smivy. Jeez, my liver's starting to just seep. Mm. Seep toxins at the thought of it, mate. Wow. And Narrabeen. Uh, I mean, that's, that's got to get you pretty psyched. Yeah, Narrabeen's going to be left. fucking sick. Like, I feel like I've... I've first left on tour since uh, G-Land 97, I'm pretty sure, isn't it, Connor? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, been, I've spent a lot of time at Narrabeen, especially when I was a kid. 
you know, I used to go with mum and go watch the World Juniors and, you know, watch guys like Cairns and, and all them just mm. absolutely shred that place to pieces and just like even as a kid just going in the water and just kind of just being amongst all them in the water um, is definitely something that I'll never forget and, yeah, I can't wait to – I feel like that it's been a long time coming for them to have an event at Narrabeen. I feel like they've been talking about it for ages now and um, to have it there and to be able to go left and hopefully, yeah, I heard the sand's pretty good there at the moment. So, yeah, let's fucking hey, – mate, it's, it's it. like it's not a novelty left. If, you're, if you want to fucking really rip the shit out of a left-hand way, like, you know, like it's, it's a sick – sort of steep setup where you it'll sit up for you and you can bash it and uh you know there's a couple of rights there too alley rights and um and car park rights obviously but it, it is predominantly the wave that the goofs have been waiting for man and like uh yourself uh you know the big power hackers uh are equally uh there's no disadvantage if you just want to fucking actually drop the back foot and just hammer the shit out of it um tom carroll famously said that you know, pipeline when uh, he did the snap, it just that mm. wave sat up like a like North Narrow. He said he just came off the bottom. He was looking at it, going, "Wow, this is just like big Northy," and he he just gave him the confidence to hit it. So I mean, it kind of gives you a bit of an understanding of the shape of it and how it sort of can come in. Right swell angle there will just pit like crazy, thick and fast. And um, man, I just I just can't wait to see you know what these goofs are going to do finally let off yeah. the chain on uh because you know like the trestles is on tour it's it's a bit novelty compared to the right like the, the scoring potential of the left rarely delivers even though i think um yeah i think louis richie lovett uh a few other guys have one on the left at trestles but yeah mate i don't know i reckon it's uh it's such a good addition yeah well, hope we guess. just get one of those uh, nice juicy Swirls that just runs down that famous mm. bank, mate. Oh. Remember that one at Anzac Day? Oh, fuck, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Coyote and getting a big stand tall, mm. double paging tracks. They took Fiji out, so it's good that they've fucking replaced it for another left. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bummer Fiji's not there. That's, that's yeah. not right. Mm. It'll be back. Number, Number four. Surfers are about to, well, I think they just have exited quarantine and uh, that means a champion will be crowned. Um, I'm, I think uh, Italo's looking pretty unbeatable with his 17 espresso uh, backflip to push up uh, to, I don't know, he's even making some pretty quality content in terms of his uh, kind of uh, scripted uh, interplay with his Oki cutout. Mm. He's my champion of quarantine. Yeah, well, I've, I've been uh, kind of... Watching, I guess the Billabong team have been super busy in there. They've had uh, like all these hockey challenges going on and whatnot, which has been pretty <laughs> fun to watch. But where's the women? They've been very quiet in quarantine. What's been going on there, Smeavy? Mm. Well, I don't know. I, uh, perhaps just uh, conserving their energy, going uh, inwards and uh, just radiating and absorbing the, the mana and... Mm. Guy and spirit? I don't know, Vaughn. Well, it's, uh, I t- I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you where one of them definitely isn't, and that's uh, Carolyn Marks is in Australia. She mm. got... No, she is now. She's here? Yeah, yeah. What? She tested uh, false positive, apparently. Oh, So she wow. did like three tests after it, and then she ended up getting a flight like pretty soon, like the day after she did the... What a scoop. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I so did not here. catch that. That is such good news. Yeah. Oh, I was devastated for her, especially after a yeah, dud start. So I, was, I was so bummed for her because she's a 
legend and mm. for that to happen to her i was like oh so she's had some you know some terrible luck with just strange mystery illnesses i mean who could forget the the nasty case of barley belly uh, that saw her oh, dreams yeah, of, of winning the crummus event go down the drain so mm. to speak Vaughn. um yeah i mean she would have been definitely looking for some hefty backside explosions going to that event mm. but uh that's 100 percent but, uh, uh, I mean, from what I understand, uh, Caroline, I think she made the mission over here. I think Kai Lenny might have picked her up on a mountain peak in Kona oh. uh, in early February. And they're, they're expected to touch down in uh, early April just uh, just on the so, eve so of the event. He's just kiting it over his ears. He's just got the uh, the, the foil kite. <laughs> That's right, they're yeah. Just giving her a piggyback across the Pacific. And we know he's got a direct line to those uh, reptiles who run the International Monetary Fund. So they've waived the quarantine and she'll just be landing straight, uh, straight on the headland there at Dixon Park. Love it, love it. Yeah, Oh, well, that's such good news. I'm so stoked. And uh, that's going to put the wind up a few crew because, uh, mm. I mean, look, I, I don't know. Tyler looks almost unbeatable at the moment. Just just so driven, just so focused. Like It's almost like you're coming up against a, a cyborg rather than a human being, the way that she's just holding herself and uh, the way that she's just surfing sort of, you know, beyond beyond what's personal. You know, she's, she's put a... She's, Attached more meaning to what she's doing, and and it seems to just be fueling her in a way that mm. the other girls can't really compete with at the moment. So, you mean to yeah. say she's entered the uh, quantum dimension? I feel like it. Mm. I feel like it. She's just a, a wave of subatomic particles just, just absolutely <laughs> pouring through the lineup, yeah. ripping the flesh from her competitors. But face. I feel like Caroline is is the least likely to be rattled by that. Mm. She looks like she's just ready to go out and just stick mm. to what she does best, which is just come. Screaming off the bottom and just absolutely blow the ah! fucking limb of it, limb of it. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Good news for the women's tour. That's that's uh, fantastic, mate. Yeah, no, it's gonna be exciting. I'm uh, excited. I'm excited to see Steph surf because the waves aren't gonna be that perfect. I'm excited to see what she's gonna do. Well, a couple she's of an years incredible groveler. Some of the I mean. craziest surfing I've seen her do was in the the ABB uh, a few years ago, mm. just in. Just dribbly, waist high, rip bowl shit. And, uh, you know, she retains the style and, uh, yeah, just incredible technique and shit surf. It's even Brazil. Amazing. She won in Brazil. But this is the thing like, she, she, for a few years, she looked so uninterested. Snake lips came on. All of a sudden, you know, her, the, the crappy weak surf became a strength. Uh, so it's just, you know, the absence of snake. What's that's going to look like when, uh, you know, the, the surf isn't really in her. Her wheelhouse. Can mm. she turn it on? But yeah, it's maybe not so much the grovel. Maybe it's more like days where Connor was saying, like, you know, it's big, it's chunky, it's like not doing what it should be doing, it's all over the place. You know, when you can get a bit lost at sea? Hundred percent. That's like the I feel like that's where the that's where the challenge is. There's will be. definitely gonna be a couple of days like that in mm. that waiting period for sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those kind of conditions really play into the hands of the East Coast Australian surfer. You know, surfers like Steph, like yourself, like mm. just the typical mid-period kind of beach, beachy peaks, beltable, you know, you get a couple sections, just fucking tee off on them. Mm. Mm. Brazilians are good at that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and just on, quickly, just on Idolo, just the fizz coming out of the man, <sighs> just absolutely leading the pack in the quarantine scenario. Mm. Uh Man, that guy, you've, he's undeniable. You've got to love the energy he's bringing to 100%. every facet of his being. 100%. Back Italo all the way. And he's, he's still... 1080 not... fucking spins, strapped 1080 spins on some shore break. I mean, maybe someone should have a word to him about uh, 
<laughs> just a bit of self-preservation, perhaps. I don't know if he needs to be doing that, but fuck, he's just putting on a show in like every chance he gets. I feel like he's the uh, he's the ultimate wake-up call to Australians in particular who just can't get their heads around Brazilians being fucking legends. Mm. Like I feel like he's yeah. the he's the guy going. This is the Brazil that fucking is real. That's out there. It's life-loving, fucking gung-ho. Let's go and rip into it, uh, rather than this stereotype of the travelling Brazilian surfer who just fucking everyone in this country has just bought into heavily, like ma- majority. Sorry, I should say, but uh, you know, like it's 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 all starting to turn into this like non-stop fucking Mardi Gras with uh, Italo leading the way, isn't it? It's just non-stop fucking psych ups. Non-stop passion, non-stop just like sucking the marrow out of life. Mm. And uh, it's contagious, mate. It's crazy when battlers get their shot, they just leave nothing in the tank. They're like, oh, this is my window. I'm going to fucking leave no stone unturned. Mm. And uh, I'm getting that vibe from him, you know. He's like, you know, full battler, like fucking son of a fucking povo fisherman from wherever the fuck he's from. Uh, you know, he's won the world title. He's building institutes for the poor in his hometown and just fucking having a crack. Every single section and coffee and fucking dumbbell squat. <laughs> like he's Is just... he the funnest world champ we've ever had? Like, I can't think of anyone who has just, like you say, oh, just embraced out that it, list. just gone. Is there a hair who hasn't oh, tried the, fucking, the blonde dreads? Bring him back. I loved him. Um, yeah, he's the funnest. He's the funnest world champ ever. Like, who who, who has made you laugh or, you know, really kicked you into that gear? Like, the only thing I can kind of relate it to is uh, Fanning's world title celebrations for his first title. You know, where he's on stage with Crinspoon and crowd surfing and just doing the whole classic sort of uh, just mm. letting it all hang out. 2007, and just it was better than Lego West. Wasn't it, <laughs> it was better than Lego West. It was better than Lego. <laughs> So uh, I don't know. This is just uh, it's a, it's a glory thing to have a, a personality like that at the very top of the tree, and then all these quite serious, uh, you know, very measured competitors behind him. Like uh, I think John John doesn't really give us much. Mm. We, we we sit in awe of the guy and he's yeah. surfing, but um, he's very quiet, very uh, sticking to his own program. Jeez. Sort of th- started throwing a few barbs lately, but mm. and then we've got Gabby, who uh, I think is the perfect foil. To Italo, really, he's just so fucking steely. He eh? just looks mm. so. Yeah. Oh, he just looks like he'd murder you. He'd just murder you if he didn't like you. Fuck! Yeah. It must be so rattling to come up against that kind of will and motivation and energy in the form of Italo. Someone who's just—they're just, they're just oh. a- absolutely unapologetic. I mean, <laughs> Connor must have. Uh, you must have crossed swords with I, him at, at different times. I actually haven't had a heat with him. Whoa! Ever. Yeah. Wow. So. I guess if I fucking come up against him, I've got to show as much energy as he does. Well, what about yeah, – yeah, that's actually the question. You've got Gabe on one side. Say you've got Gabe on one side of the draw, Italo on the other uh, – or not on, on, on the draw, but in, in your sort of march mm-hmm. to the finals or whatever. Like, is, this, is this a totally different mindset for those two heats or are you paddling out and going just, you know, all right, fucking, I'm going to stick to my plan here? Yeah, I think it's just stick to your own own game plan and – you know, if if you're doing, if you're trying to copy what they're doing, it's never going to work out for you, mm. and you're just going to just fall into whatever they're they're doing, and um, unless that's what you do. But yeah, I feel like you just got to just keep it to yourself and figure out what you need to do, and yeah, just stick to that, and then just fucking seal the deal at the end. Gabe is like the master tactician on tour, right? He, he's the guy with the best handle on putting a heat together tactically. Has to be. 
with Charlie oh, oh. in his corner doing the math. Well, yeah, well I, I mean, definitely. obviously he's made some huge bundle bungles in that respect as well, but he's just so willing to use the rules to his advantage. Mm. What's it? What's it like in a heat with him, mate? Like, what is it actually like when you're paddling out and you're just sitting across from him? Do, do your eyes ever lock? Have you ever like had that moment where your eyes are actually just beating in on the pupils, <laughs> and you just have that moment of looking at him, and he's like, you just go, holy fuck! It's like looking in the eyes of a great white shark. There's just nothing there, mate. Is it just a, an increasing squint off? Eyes just getting tighter and tighter until there's nothing but razor blades just shooting out. I feel like it's not as bad when he's in the water. I feel like it. I definitely don't get that vibe. I feel like I got that more that more of that vibe off Mick than I did with Gabby. Mm. I feel like he's he's pretty in tune. I feel like Gabby's pretty in tune with what he needs to do, and while Mick, you can kind of. Feel the vibe of intensity around him. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've had a couple of heats with Gabby, um, and they've been pretty good. And they kind of, they always bring the best out of you. Mm. And um, and yeah, he's uh, he beat me twice, but yeah, it's been good. Does he? Do, does he? Do you feel this is an odd question? Can you feel the physicality of him? Because of like one of the crazy things about Gabby is how quickly he can move around a lineup and, and mm. get inside you or get outside you or, you know, paddle you up the point or any of that? Like, mm. do, do you feel the strength of him when, when you're in a heat with him? Um, like the ones, the heats that I've had against him, no. But I can see that people would. Mm. He's a pretty big boy. Yeah. But um, uh, I guess... I'm similar build to him, so <laughs> it's kind of just one of those things. If, I guess. if he comes at me, mate, I'll fucking cut him in half, eh? Fuck, mate. I'll tell you. Like, you kind of just come at me, like Gabby. Come yeah. at me, mate. You know I'm from the show, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, if you don't think like that, he's just going to fucking trample all over you. I've, I've got an idea for you. If he starts teasing you out in the heat, just pull the bubbler right in front of him. <laughs> Shy boys represent. That'll rattle him. Yeah, hey, you're like, what hey? the fuck? And then I've just got like two... Two eights in about ten seconds. <laughs> Just sit there going like, like eyes, eye contact, bubbler. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck man, could be a way to rattle him. The physique of the modern surfer—it's something to marvel at, really. I mean, Connie, you're a big rig, mate. I got to say, like, you're Thanks, what are you like? Fucking six one, eighty, eighty-five kegs. No, I'm ninety. Fucking ninety kegs, mate. I know. That's huge. Mm. That is yeah. big. And it, so Medina's tipping the scales like. Yeah, I think he'd be around the same. 90 kegs is, is, is monstro, man. He might be 6 Yeah. A good 10 to 15 kilos on, on Smitty. Like, you can see it when he hits the lip backhand. Mate, fucking water gets displaced and it stays up in the sky for a long time. Like, he can hit it as hard as anyone on the backside. Yeah, it's, it's wild to see professional surfers start to resemble professional footballers. Mm. But, uh, yeah, all that power and talk just getting... Unleashed instead of on the cranium of some unsuspecting victim on the lip, mm. some unsuspecting wave. It's an athletic sport these days, hey. It's kind of um, compared to what it was, and I oh, guess. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it was not athletic at one point. <laughs> about, uh, it was I mean, sure Matt Hoy might not have been a, a super athlete, but you know, he, he was a world tour surfer nonetheless. Yeah, true. It was some yeah. athleticism, surely. <laughs> No, the generation's gone by. <laughs> there definitely is more now, but yeah, like especially in the sense of like training and trying to keep healthy and all that. Because um, I guess at the end of the day, you want longevity in your career, and mm. with the the way surfing's going, you need your body to be in pretty good form to to keep that longevity. So yeah, mm. it's just kind of being more on top of that. 
Yeah, it's incredible. And I mean, tr- your training partner or one of them, Owen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's what probably a couple inches taller than you, but much yep. different physique, much more just rangy, like kind of sinewy. And yeah. You're, like, how do your how do your training regimes differ? We're pretty different. I feel like with Owen, he's had a lot of um, like injuries, especially with his brain and all that. So I guess the things that I do wouldn't relate to him that great because of his brain injury. And, you know, I feel like with him, he's kind of this, I feel like the past, like last year was the first real year. He's kind of, kind of started to actually train on a daily, you know, like four or five times a week. Um, And I feel like now he's starting to get a good enough base to kind of start pushing himself a little bit harder. And Mm. um, you can kind of see it, you can see it in his surfing because he's definitely getting stronger and all that. And I could definitely tell, physique-wise from when he first started last year with my trainer, Pete, um, to now. He's definitely building way more muscle. And, yeah. yeah. That was my question because, yeah, is it time in the gym? Are you guys doing a fair bit of resistance training? Because, man, yeah, like carrying a 90-kilo frame around, that that to me yells that you're doing time in the gym. You're you're building muscle um, and, and yeah. I guess figuring out which muscles to build uh, that function in the, in the surfing for sure. Surfing realm's not – it's not obvious to me. Yeah, like I feel like I'm 90 kilos, but I don't feel it. I guess the amount of strength, power stuff that we do kind of – it's not like it's 90 kilos of like heavy weight. It's just – I guess it's just muscle. and Because um, at the end of the day, we still want to be able to perform in little waves, you know, because – Exactly, yeah. Fucking, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of events that, you know, are little and you need to kind of – generate heaps of speed and be up there with the guys that are light and quick mm. like you know philippe and and all them so um it's just kind of having that healthy balance of like being able to show you strong but also having that agility as well and the training that we've been doing is kind of purely focused on that so yeah yeah good okay keeping it yeah. secret fair enough <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like we've been doing, i've been doing a lot of that olympic lifting stuff Ah. It's all that like um, those. What are those? Those big... cleans and with the bar barbell and stuff. And I guess it's all it's generating power from your entire body mm. instead of just one specific element of your body. And um, it's been yeah, it's been pretty so, good. So uh, there's a there's a podcast up here that the local boys do, the Lennox Head Crew, the ball and all. And um, the they you know got Beric Barnes, who mm. was a, a Wallaby, played uh you know international rugby for most of his career and stuff and uh you know those guys do a lot of weights training and particularly a lot of that olympic mm. weights training and he came up here once years ago and did uh lifting with adam melling and i think woody yeah, yeah, yeah and yep. he was just tripping out on it he was going mate these scrawny little surfers had more explosive power than pretty much all the best lifters in his whole footy team yeah yeah, yeah. and he was tripping on it he was just going man these guys live in a world of explosive Body strength. And, and the full body strength. I think that's mm, the thing yeah. that separates your kind of uh, football resistance training regimes where it's all about building or traditionally it's all been always about just having mass, body mass mm. and volume because uh, it's a game of inertia. It's basically just trying to force cunts back whereas uh, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. break their backs, yeah. <laughs> break their craniums. <laughs> whereas, uh, yeah, the surfing, the surfing yeah. physique and the, the, the requirements is full body strength, all the sinews, all the cells connected, mm. working in one harmonic, hor- horon-esque oh, man. Just I, orchestra. I, one yeah. year at the pipe, 
uh, Vulcan Pipe Pro. And it was like that. I think it was a year. Uh, Slater won. Uh, Solly Bailey went mad, made the semis. And it was just like pumping from go to woe. And uh, I was sitting on the steps of the Vulcan house and Slater was getting ready for his heat. And he was just sitting in front of us and he was just sort of slowly moving every muscle in his back. And you could see it just pinging off like banjo strings. Like he mm. had absolute yeah. control over every sinew and fibre in every muscle. And I was like, fuck, that's beyond, that's beyond training, you know, and just putting on mass. That's actually understanding exactly how it's all connected, yeah. how your brain is, mm. is focused into Fascinating. it. It was, it was actually fucking like almost National Geographic type yeah, shit, Smithy. Well, that's what it, this yeah, is, I reckon. It's it the is. next level. It's, it's the, the mix of resistance training with kind of yogic, um, holistic mm. principles about body nutrition. And I'm looking at the likes of Connor and I'm like going, fuck, man, these cunts are super athletes. Like it's in, in Medina, uh, the physique, the fitness. It's, it's not that bulky fucking football fitness. Nah, yeah. like new school. We had, uh, we had a footy, footy player come in probably like six months ago. And he was one of the boys who played for the Wallabies. And he, he's like a big guy. He's probably like 100 kilos. And I feel like because the training that we do, it's all about, you know, it's all about how quickly you can move 90 kilos or whatever amount of weight you've got from, you know, above your knee and to catch it on your shoulders. Mm. And but try and do that as quickly as possible but with the best technique so you don't hurt yourself. Mm. And um, I feel like the footy players, like you said, it's all about, you know, slower movements and, you know, bench press and the squats and stuff. And they're all slow movements. While with Olympic lifting, it's like you've got to try and move a big amount of weight from, you know, one part of your body and catch it at the top and try to do it as quickly as possible. So it's kind of like, yeah, it is, you know, a lot of people kind of misunderstand Olympic lifting with like, oh, you know, you've got to fucking lift a million kilos and it's going to make you big and f- like, you know, I probably haven't put, I haven't put on weight for probably since after quarantine. I actually put on a couple of kilos, but for probably three or four years, I've been around that 88 to 90 and um, kind of been doing it the whole time. And um, yeah, like I said, people misunderstand Olympic lifting to like think that you're going to get big and bulky, but it's actually like you get pretty toned and you kind of, you because you're using your hips a lot, it's kind of putting muscle on your hips to make you kind of spring and that all that explosive movement. So, mm. um, yeah, this footy player, he like could barely even do, you know, 50 kilos. Mm. And, he would, and, and, Pete, and Pete was just like, <laughs> Pete was just like, see, footy players, they see? fucking do it. They you're do fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're fucking slow, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, that's fascinating. in fairness, the Wallabies are absolute fucking rubbish, so it's mm. unsurprising. But, uh, <laughs> no, the Waratahs are even worse, and uh, just on and on it goes, all mm. the way down to those fucking rah-rah fucking bourgeois fucking mm. elite schools <laughs> that they all fucking come from. The champagne. <laughs> Number, Number three. Gabby Medina splits from longtime coach Charlie Medina, a.k.a. Funky Cole, a.k.a. Charlie Saldina Rodriguez. Mm. Goes by many aliases. Uh, mm. Kind of makes you wonder a bit uh, <laughs> why the split. Maybe he was uh, making a bit of an earn on the side there, Vaughn, coming through customs. Maybe uh, maybe there was a, something else stashed inside those surfboards other than uh, Allegedly. foo wax. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, no, no, there's no proof of that, Smithy. No, no proof of that, mate. Well, I mean, it's all allegedly. We don't really know why the relationship is separated there between uh, Charlie and Medina. The coaching relationship are 16 good years they were together. 
multiple world titles, multiple world junior or King of the Groms events, uh, fucking thousands of CT wins. It was a fruitful relationship, but it's all over for Well, how old is Medina? It's a, it's a long time to spend, you know, living in the, in the shadow of your folks, especially... Uh, Especially if you, you've had like all of this success, it, it, when do you get the chance to grow up and just be yourself? We've only just seen Medina in the last couple of years, you know, cut loose and uh, sort of experience life on his own terms by the looks of things. Yes, yeah, and by his own terms, you mean a mansion parties with Neymar and yeah, a, about- a women to male ratio of 99 to 1. <laughs> well played. Yeah, so, but now uh, he's married. It seems like, yeah, married and uh, just getting in control of his own life and maybe just feeling like, you know what, this just feels a little bit, I'm speculating, of course. I've got no idea. I've got no idea what what is at the root of it, but it just makes sense. It makes sense that you know, at some point, even the very best coach, coach and uh, subjects relationships end up going their separate ways eventually. Mm. Doesn't well, matter how much success you have. This this is what he had to say uh, to Waves Magazine in Brazil. It's going to be a different year for me. It's my first time without Charlie. Over the past 16 years, he's prepared me for the time I would be independent. Now Charlie is going to direct his focus toward my sister, Sophia's surfing. He's been working with her very closely. And uh, this is the story of Charlie and Gabby's relationship. Uh, So Gabriel's mother and biological father split when he was young. Gabriel's mother then remarried Charles Soldana Rodriguez, a.k.a. Funky Cole, who was an avid surfer and surf shop owner. Back there in Mauritius, which is like the, the pipeline of Brazil, I guess, the North Shore of Brazil, as a, as a means of bonding with his new stepson, Charlie taught Gabrielle to surf. And wow. uh, when Charlie saw how naturally talented Gabrielle was in the water, he invested the majority of his time and energy grooming him into an elite surfer. So he molded mm. Gabby into the champion uh, he is today. And, man, I've witnessed firsthand some wild, wild scenes. Really early on, too, uh, there was a World Junior Championships at Narrabeen. Uh, Medina would have been about 15. Mm. Uh, Charlie was chaperoning him and Judson out here. And um, just the the grit, the, the emotion, the passion. I remember around two heat, uh, Medina and Judson, you know, of course, they're staying together and they draw each other in round two and they're just paddling all over each other, ripping each other's contest rashies to shreds. They were ribbons when they came yep, in. Yep. Uh, Jadson ended up getting the nod in that heat, uh, and he's come back to the beach. And I'll never forget it, man. Charlie bringing him in for a fucking a group hug, the three of them just hugging it out, leaving it all there on the beach, mm. and just going back to back to loving each other. You know, the, fuck, it was remarkable wow. stuff, man. So much just passion and heart in, in the way they carried themselves. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's been an incredible thing to watch, and uh, I guess... Fuck! All good things come to an end. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it feels like a, a definitely the end of an era and a, and a really sort of fuck, mate. I mean, there's no shortage of parents steering their kids into pro surfing and and riding that train with them, and uh, it's pretty rare for it to end, you know, well or amicably mm. or even just with sort of notes of gratitude and check you later. This this doesn't seem to be too vicious. Like even the language that he's using there, you know, like he molded me, he like. Helped craft it. He's been helping me uh, on tour, set up my campaigns. Like, there's a lot of prepared him to be independent. Prepared, yep. Mm. So there's a lot of like positive language in there. Even just you know, in the subliminal way that he's delivering Mm. it, that Mm. that maybe just hints that it was just time. So much respect there, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's not that way for everyone, mate. It's not that way for everyone. Um, Interestingly, yeah, go. Sorry. Oh, you go. No, well, I was just going to say before we get into the coach talk. There, there was also uh, with Medina, I, I saw in a, a 
Steve Shearer story on Beach Grit the other day about he was just fully – it's just a, a line I want to share with you guys. He was saying um, that he's kind of gone sour on trestles as this last day all-in world title mm. battle. And he says that we deserve to decide the world title in a wave of truth. Oh. <laughs> a wave wow. of truth. That is poetry, Vaughn. That is a loaded like comment. Connor I likes it. Yeah, I reckon that's sick. And a wave of truth. When they say a wave of truth, do you believe what he really means is a wave of mortal conic? That's exactly what he means to me. That's exactly what he means. <laughs> no one's going to get truth. What a line. Trouble, what a line, though. A wave of truth. Yep, yeah, Shearer was onto it. He, he, he it's pulled Joseph it out. Conrad-esque, isn't it, for me? <laughs> It was in the same story that you're, the, uh, you know, the, with the Waze mag, and it was like, man, why isn't anyone catching on to this? This mm. is absolute, like, you know, this is a guy with a, a proper vision of how a world title should be won, and he's got every right to share that vision because he's won in the most, you know, mental scenarios mm. you can possibly imagine, yeah. and he's lost in those scenarios. Mm. He knows what it's like to be on the precipice with your head in the guillotine and the fucking blade coming down. He knows what it's like, mate. He knows he's been there. So, yeah, I just uh, I thought that was uh, worth just touching on before we, we get yeah. into who his potential coaches might be. Because I, I personally, like, there's been a lot of uh, a lot said about trestles. Mm. Um, Fuck, it's anticlimactic oh, in, in, my, in my feelings. I don't want to tear it up until we see it in action. It's a great event. It might it's, work. It's, a, it, it, it's the highest just... performance surfing you, you'll ever see. But, uh, mm. yeah, I'm feeling it. You, you, you want to see some fucking – you want to see a climax. You want to see a grand final fitting – of 12 months or nine months of hard slog around the world. You want to see it come yeah. down to mortal cones, Vaughn. I think so. Yeah, a bit of grunt, eh? Yeah, a bit of grunt. Just to finish the year. A bit like, of I feel like A bit of cut! <laughs> a bit of truth! <laughs> Give but us the truth! It's like, it's like every year it finishes at pipe too, so it's like a bit of grunt. So like to finish it at trestles is kind of like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you guys. It's like yeah. a bit unsatisfying. Look, look, the other thing is this, right? Felipe will... He could have won a world title by now if it finished at Trestles. Oh, that's very true. Uh, okay, he has sure. been found out at Pipeline two or yep. three times now. Mm. Uh, after being arguably one of the top two surfers of the year two or three times. Mm. And look what, you know, the effect it had on him in the, uh, in the last sort of, what, 18 months? Oh, it's shocking. Months. Addicted to baby formula. He's wearing <laughs> spare tyres around his stomach. He looks like the Michelin Man. Mate, well, you, you, look at... You, there's guys like Kong, like they step up, they almost get there. I mean, he was a performer in Hawaii, so that's different. But, you know, like it's like the whole year has got to – it's got to finish with the sort of climax that is deserving yeah. the whole rest of the year as well. So I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want to write it off just yet, but I need a wave of truth. I'm with Gabby on this one. Well, I'd just take a fucking world tour contest at the moment. I mean – yeah, anything will do. Anything will do. Chuck it on. <laughs> give me a Q. Chuck it on, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Here I am, Sydney, yeah. fucking wanking on us. Give me anything. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Medina's new coach, unbelievably, Who? Andy King, the Cronulla core lord himself. What? What I is mean, this scoop, Smithy? Well, Where did this turn up? It raises all sorts of questions. I mean, uh, when is he? I mean, is he, is he going to be getting a, a Southern Cross tattoo? Is, is Aussie pride too far? <laughs> I mean, what kind of a... He's going to get two, two, three, oh, tatted on his tat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is so good. Shacking up in uh, Gary Hughes' old basement there on the beachfront at South Cronulla, under the bowling clubs, just sipping from uh, old kegs of 
Reshes. A lot to like about this union. There's a mm. lot to like. Kingy is a, a tr- he's a truth talker. So there's one fucking mm. bit of truth for you. We know Mate, he loves Gabby. truth for you. He loves the truth. He can handle the truth. Kingy loves the truth. Some Mate. can't handle the truth. Toledo can't handle the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Anyway, uh, he's a truth talker. He's uh, he's a realist. He's a life. He's a he's a life coach. He's not a he's not a like you are getting in, stuck into the mm. the nitty gritty of what you've got to do in your heat. He's not just about that. He's a guy who, who knows what's important. I think. This has a, a, a very strong whiff of Michael Eugene Fanning. Well, interestingly, yeah. yes. Well said. Uh, yeah. Medina sought out old uh, Eugene's advice in uh, who his next coach and mentor should be. And uh, Mick said, oh, an old bloke who knows a bloke. Uh, he's from down Cronulla Way. And, uh, yeah, next thing you know, mm. uh, Robert's uh, brother okay. and Andy King. He's the call lord in charge of the Medina franchise. It's quite the uh, – it's, it's a cultural meeting. It's a cultural exchange to say the least. This is going to be unreal. This is this. I mean, what do you make of that? Connor? Yeah, this, this, that's, that's like fucking. I mean, two. from your hometown, you must uh, must have a bit of an insight into the the king. Yeah, well, I feel like when I was growing up, he was kind of one of them guys that was so influential for me. You know, he was always helping me out and um, always still trying to surf heaps with me when I was a kid and and all that. And um, yeah, I feel like as a goofy footer for Gabby, it would be sick. You know, they they both. Same stance, they understand the same waves, and um, yeah, it'll be sick 100%. Mate, I just fuck Kingy is the most no bullshit, fucking best bloke you'll ever meet. Like, it's it's that the, the, maybe that is the one area where mm. people don't actually realize that about Gabby that out of the water. Like, if you talk, talk to Mick about Gabby, fucking loves him, mm. loves him, just go mm. best bloke you'll ever meet, yeah, and no one really gets to see that side of him. But everyone is is well. Anyone who's had anything to do with Kingy knows the character of the bloke. You know uh, what he's been through. He's known adversity in his life and bounced oh, back from fucking it. Fucking earth. I mean, yeah. how cosmic and, is it? I mean, I'm not making light of this situation, but King hit outside a pub yeah. in Cronulla. Yeah. Nearly died. Fractured skull. Lost his hearing permanently. Yep, in uh, one ear, and uh, it's it's just. Something about it? it feels powerful, mate. Oh, Kingy's done work with a lot of different crew, right? He's, he had uh, he yep. was doing work with Julian for a while. I think he was doing Red work Bull? with uh, Geordie for a while. Was he? Fuck, I feel like he, he was working with been. Red Bull for a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this just just for where Kingy's at with his coaching to be coming in to uh, mm. a, a force like Medina, it just has. Oh, jeez, it looks. Looks scary, mate. Mm, are we? I mean, they've, but they're looks scary enough. Mm. This looks scary, and mm. it's interesting too. They share our colours: Brazil, green, and gold. Are we kind of just seeing some strange cross pollination? <laughs> is this going to be the meeting of two surfing powerhouses? Could we even see Medina shacked up? You know, renting potentially a you know crossing allegiances to Australia with Yasmin Brunette. Uh, is he the next? Are they the next Australian surfing power couple? Wendy Bertha did it. Wendy Bertha did it. There's precedent. Well, Ma- welcome, Gabby. I mean, we love a fucking world champion, mate. <laughs> we do. Come on down, mate. Come on down. There's a spot for you. Uh, Connor's got a – what, you've got a little apartment on the point at, yeah, yeah, at no, Cronulla no. that uh, Gabby can move into? Yeah, I don't know a guy who know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I'm sure he could bunk up in uh, Gary Green's old house if yeah. he uh, needed to. Oh, yeah, we can definitely hook him up with cheap rental down, yeah. down Cronulla Way. I mean, maybe Engadine, but, you know. <laughs> oh, own it. He'd be able to buy a joint in Cronulla. <laughs> oh, for sure. Okay, now, especially with this rising tide, uh, it's all, all beachfront property, born. It's an absolute bargain at the moment. 
Number two. Number two. This uh, Billy Camper series on the WSL's, uh, it's like WSL content or whatever it is, but fuck me sideways if it isn't the most harrowing surfing documentary series you've ever seen. I'm, Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mate, Billy uh, is a very, very serious guy when it comes to his career. Extremely serious. He's kind of like... The, I believe the quote was, Vaughn, uh, at a huge day at Nias, uh, this is my office! <laughs> I'm at work! Is that... Is that what he said? Oh, my God. Punching the time card. No, man, look... Uh, Nias. Locks on, boys! I get to... Uh, you get to be privy, uh, especially uh, at that Volcom comp every year. You know, you, you hear a lot of noise around the, co- the the area. There's a lot of big wave surfers on the North Shore at that time of year. They're going back and forth to... Uh, PR here and, the, and man, like his reputation in the water over there is absolute ferocity. You know, nothing is going to get between him and winning that comp. You can't stop. And, and mate, it's like in his like he's late to pro surfing. Um, you, you can see it in the, in the his stories all through that Billy documentary. Mm. But uh, it felt like the second he got a whiff that there was a chance he could start doing it, mm. he was just on. He just mm. dedicated the, his whole life to it. With the same sort of mindset that world champions do. He was just like, nothing will stop me. He's won four fucking Jaws comps, mate. Mm. One, one as, an unknown, as an unknown oh. 19-year-old wildcard rookie. It's unbelievable First one. how yeah. hard he's dominated. And, uh, but that, that, you know, like the, the camaraderie, the camaraderie of the big wave universe mm. is starting to be affected by these events. Like, like there's people who are just genuinely... I guess you could almost liken it a little bit in a weird sort of way to the logging community once the uh, yeah, you know yeah, once yeah. the world title started coming in and people started wanting to win that sort of like uh, subculture of being you know we're doing it here we're going to stick to this traditional method we're going to do it this and that started to sort of like be sort of put in the vice and and really put under pressure by people's ambitions and whatnot. So, yeah, Billy sort of does fit into that hyper-competitive big wave surfer mentality. Mm. Uh, it's not just about riding those waves. It's about winning. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, sorry, Smith, just before we get going, this this has just been, I mean, just to look inside the fucking mechanics of a, a life-threatened injury in a far-off distant land captured, and what that does to you. Captured in all its glory Crazy. by drones and 4K footage. Like oh the whole WSL uh, production team was on hand. That shot, that drone shot of him lying lifeless <sighs> on the surface of the water after that wipeout that was just kind of replayed several times. It's just, it's such an intimate portrait, like you said, of the mechanics of mm. a fucking life-threatening injury. It was quite disgusting. It was, you know, I watched it while eating and I was fucking, yeah, don't recommend. Smithy does not recommend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nearly fucking chucked my scrambled egg yeah. right up at uh, the side of that sh- fractured pelvis and just the, the oh, man, it was, yeah, incredible, incredible How, how's the, the viewing just, experience. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, you've you got to get on. You've got to watch it. If you haven't, you have to because it's just, it's, it's world-class cinematography, unbelievable filmmaking. You know, the whole thing has that whole... Uh, last dance sort of yeah. you know like feel to it where you just you're watching something that people have gone hey this is a story worth telling let's tell it properly um and full respect and nothing but admiration for that guy's journey well i've from got a question to i mean here, who stumped up for the private jet to get him from fucking casablanca well i think there was back a bit, to america wow that's 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 the 
That's got spoke, spoke about in one of those parts. Yeah. I'm sure they did. They just went, hey, we got to get him out of there and we got to do it right now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it never, I don't think it ever got fully stipulated where that money came from. I mean, we're talking, we're talking surely north of a million dollars to, uh, to, for that sort of medical care. Uh, Easy, 100%. It's a private jet. He's, he's fucking, he's flown from Casablanca to France to Greenland to Canada. To America mm. uh, with the ducks, nuts in medical equipment on board. Oh, man. The whole thing, I'm like, if unless it was 2021, he'd be brown bread. Like, there's yep. just no way that you're surviving that kind of scenario uh, five years ago even. And, it, yeah. like, I don't know where the money's coming from to... To, I mean, fuck, last I heard, the fucking WSL's on the bones of its ass. Mm. Uh, but someone's coughed up big time to save his life. So, I mean... Incredible stuff. Uh, interestingly, too, uh, you know, you talked about the mechanics of a, of a surfing legend, a surfing icon. It was just so interesting to me to see that, you know, the birth of all that motivation came out of that fractured home, the domestic violence, um, the drug overdose of his brother, Eric, mm. who was, you know, kind of on that pegging of AI and BI and that mm. kind of level of surfing greatness as a teenager. And it, you know, it's just—it's something you see, I reckon, uh, in a lot of guys who, who use that as their motivation. They're coming from a place of uh, hurt and uh, potentially anger and and and, and trauma. And, and when that when that's your fuel for greatness, I feel like it fucking always ends terribly, man. Mm. Like you 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 scale incredible heights, but you just don't seem to. You know that it's an addiction in itself. It's a way of ignoring the pain inside you, and 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 you kind of just you, you you're using it for the wrong purposes. You know, mm. and, and even that session, the way they talk about, it, oh, we had to milk this to the death. You know, we, yeah, they've been yeah. Getting, they've been surfing for fucking nine hours. They'd had more cones than Smithy could fucking pack <laughs> and rip on Boxing Day. It was <laughs> wild. And uh, you know, no, you say right, man. You say right, and I think that that's. And I hate to say that, but like that—that's the no. purest truth that I can deliver. And I've ex- I've had certain uh, windows into that kind of mentality, and it fucking ends terribly, and you nearly die. Mm. Um, and then if you don't die, you go fuck. Well, it's, like, it's, it's, wow, how have I been living? Why was I living this way? I and, think and so. You start, and the correction right. begins there, and I think the correction has begun for Kemper. I think, I think so. He will be. On a different path. And, man, you know, it's one thing to say that something's spiritual. It's another thing to just tap into it in in a way. And, you know, when we say spiritual, we're we're talking about internal awareness, you know, like understanding what's – what your limits are, like where where it's okay to push, where it's okay to pull back, like mm. all these really simple questions that you can and ignore you if something? you're just driven by ambition. Mm. And mm. it's like I think that that's – you couldn't have put a better smithy. That's just uh, so beautifully articulated, man. Like those guys, especially in that big wave realm, you know, there are guys out there who are like, – I, I would, you know, say that um, Greg Brown uh, – sorry. Greg Long. Greg Long. Uh, these sorts of guys who are just sitting out there, biding their time, not trying to get every single fucking set mm. that breaks, just waiting for their one that comes. You can kind of see why they end up on the best way of the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, uh, and that's the spiritual way of that's, doing it. That's sort that, of the way. And like, that's that's where you're connecting. You're not being greedy. Your you know your patience, uh, a, a real lack of ego, and then there's mm. just the fucking balls to the wall bravado style, and I think you you, you pay the price yeah. eventually. But for I that. think that I think you're right. I think Kemper uh, like deserves every accolade that's comes his way for the achievements that he's had in big wave surfing because he did f- have to fight. It was never given to him. He had nah. to mm. take every opportunity. 
use it and he used it so well and he did things that are just fucking remarkable. Four comps. Well, like that mm, that may never ever never ever get equal, topped. Surely. And the, and now and it's time that, for the you know and, and the wake up call is slow it down, reset and, and it's like the, the the most awful lesson he doesn't deserve it, but as you say, it's an inevitability it's, it's, if it's driven from a place inside that is uh you know, there's an element of of, of definite sort of like greediness to be putting yourself in that position like at the end of fucking nine hours of conage. Mm. We've all been there. It's funny with Billy, like personally, every year I go to Hawaii, he's always that person that you're like, fuck, I could do anything to this guy and he's like, it won't faze him. And he's just got this like aura around him, this like big, like powerful, like... You know, lovely like, too. Fuck you, I'm getting fucking live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, on land, fucking nicest bloke. Yeah, like, yeah such yeah. a chance. Yeah, like I don't know him that well, but every time I see him in the water, he just looks at me like, mm. nah, bro. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's fair enough. Like, yeah. But then you watch the fo- the film, and it's crazy how, you know, like how much more respect I have for him because he shows a lot of vulnerability. He does, yeah. And you kind of like, fuck, he's, you know, I, I've only seen him on, in the water and. See how like you know strong and powerful and, and all mm. that. It's all one side, and then you see it. Look, watch that film, and you're like, "Fuck!" It's like, yeah, good, good on him. I'll tell you like, one one aspect of his personality that I've always really admired too, and that's his gratitude, man. That guy fucking walks around well and truly fucking hyper aware of how good he's got it, being able to surf big waves as his career. Mm. Like it's it's real and it's there, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's, it's a fucking wild story, when unbelievable. You, when story. you see that level of uh, that vulnerability, and. Uh, I kind of, it's something that I always keep in mind when I see people of that ilk, of Billy's ilk. And there's fucking, there are a dime a dozen in surfing yeah. and in top level elite sport. Like so many people come from that place of a, a, a fractured upbringing and stuff. And they're, they're, you know, I always have it in the back of my mind. I have a bit of empathy because you kind of know that like, sure, you're going to get all this success, uh, sporting success, but there's kind of a, a pretty hectic karmic price to pay for that at mm. some point. Like the, all yeah. that aggression, all that front, all that anger, all that intimidation, all that greed. Um, you know, it's been, been powered by something that's not very healthy and you'll have to answer to that at some point. And, uh, you know, yeah. you look at like Sonny Garcia, you, you look at a lot of these guys, uh, that, that, you know, AI, like, mm. um, fuck man, you could name so many different uh, examples of guys who just never properly understood why they were doing what they were doing and how bad it was for them. And yeah. they, they leave this kind of nasty imprint on a lot of people around them. And, uh, you know, you just got to keep in mind, like, man, that guy comes from a, a rough place. You Mike Tyson's like every fucking pro boxer you can mm. come up with, every you know, UFC fighter you can come up with almost. They all, mm. They're all coming from this place and they're fucking – they don't know how to deal with – uh, what's been sewn into them from their upbringing. And mm. You always got to keep that in mind, I reckon. The Andy Irons series on Stab Premium. What was it? Andy Irons and, and the, in the Radicals. Radicals. Andy in the Radicals. Ashton Goggins. Uh, Ashton Goggins from Stab Magazine. Yep. Uh, he's the mastermind behind this thing, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Goggins, he bra, my, uh, my good and, mate. The, uh, failed, the, wheel. the failed Floridian surf star on you. <laughs> on you, Goggins. <laughs> Well, is he a, is he a, a surf star, former Gromit surf star or something? Uh, what's, what's his pedigree in the water? Yeah, yeah, he surfs good. I mean, I think he. I've yeah, seen him surf. He surfs he surfs good. I had a surf in the Mahalia this year. He was kind of ribbon. Well, mm. yeah, he's got intent when he surfs. That's what mm. I like. Mm. You know, yeah. people it's take powerhouse. off. And they want to fucking. Yeah. They want to do stuff. You can yeah, see yeah. it on their face. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's a straight line really from AI 
to the kind of Kemper dynasty. Mm. Uh, Eric and his brother Billy, like, uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's powered by coming from a similar place, I'd say. Um, and the interesting thing about the AI doco, like, it's so fucking good. It kind of borrows from that epically laden uh, production value. You know, just mm. a lot of talking heads talking about AI, um, but. Initially, I felt uncomfortable watching the very first episode um, j- just because of how my, how celebrated that culture, uh, AI and MCD and like uh, Mike Thompson, like that that culture that, um, you know, fucking left a lot of corpses in its wake, unfortunately. Mm. Like it was, you know, it was so drug and ego and alcohol fueled. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it gave us such a gift in uh, th- that kind of outlaw surf culture that was a great thing to watch but it was a fucked thing to be around Mm. and even worse for like the individuals themselves in the middle of it who all ended up with terrible substance abuse issues and and fucking dead yeah um so i don't know about the merits of um i think it's disingenuous uh and and a bit irresponsible to kind of celebrate that culture too much uh as being a a good thing because i don't think it is but Mm. um that said that, you know, I think that the documentary did by the end of it really kind of circle back and address, um, you know, the kind of demons that Andy had in, in a way that was that was real and honest and mm. seen as a whole, if you watched it all in one go, I think. Yeah. Uh, incredible series. Well, yeah. Look, being a grommet when uh, The Lost – and I was a grommet working on mags already when uh, The Lost – videos were coming out mm. what's really going on what's really going wrong i was already working at tracks but i was still a kid i was 17 and um they were fucking you know the the momentum gen i think kelly says it in this in this recent app you know they were they were a different different game like they'd seen all of that they'd seen what happened with the generation before them they'd already seen that entire world play out and they the and momentum they, gen grew up in Broken alcoholic households. Oh, that was time. the difference yeah. between like AI and like you know he came from a fairly nuclear middle class family. Mm. You know Slater's old man was in the alco. Dorian's old man was. But those guys also got on tour and they just uh, the, the famous story is that you know Slater went to France for his first ever comp was uh, couldn't sleep went out on the on the veranda like at you know five in the morning mm. to uh, sort of get some air and saw like uh, the world champ at the time stumbling down the street. The night before his heat, you know, drunk straight out of the Rockford, and he, you know, like for these kids to see their heroes and just be going, "Fuck, this is, this is just uh, not really what I want to be a part of." Mm. And so they went down that road, and then when the Lost video started coming out and all that was going on, uh, and it was legit, it was legitly, you know, that's what was really going on in their mm. towns and their little surf communities. Oh, it's classic. And I mean, we're, and we're all from that culture ourselves. Yeah, but exactly. But they... they uh, I don't want to be selling it to 15-year-olds. They kids. just fucking did exactly what the Momentum generation did to the generation before them. They just looked at them and went, you're fucking has-been nerds. Like, we don't want anything to do with you. And, and for the Momentum crew, it was like, you're has-been washed-up fucking party wasters. Mm. You know, so... They uh they came along they uh they did all it. things in moderation. Well, they, they, yeah, especially <laughs> moderation. But uh the the uh, they came along. They had their their moment. They, and like you say, Smithy, there definitely was a lot of uh, fuck, a lot of uh, personalities, a lot of a lot of people who did not get through that time well at all. Uh, but I guess the big thing that the whole series focuses on is the surfing oh, and that's that's yeah. that's the greatest thing for me about watching it is i'm going fuck man when raw irons came out 
and Psycho Ward, those two films. I was just so frothing on the surfing in them. I could not get my head around how good Andy surfed. Hey, like I remember yeah. just going, this guy's my favourite surfer and went against everything in me that was like patriotic and at that stage, you know, still pretty fucking mm. hardcore, like all about the Aussies. But um, yeah, I just, you just, it was undeniable. And mm. five, five by nine and a quarter, all these things that they touch on in this series. Uh, you get to revisit the fucking genius of those kids. Fucking And just how trailblazing they mm. were in board design. Like think, like those guys don't get any credit, like, you know, um, your MRs and all that for those sorts of, that sort of like revolution. Mm. But every single kid on at every beach started having five fives or tiny little fishes or yeah, like, you know, started mucking around with getting away from the slippers. And yeah. uh, it had a really positive effect on everyone, really. Because mm, people yeah. are still having a lot of fun on those boards now. 100%. Fuck, there's some good surfing in that thing, though. It's a, gold, it's, it's a golden era of surfing. It's ironic yeah. that it coincided with like a fucking terrible age of really harmful degeneracy. And I think those two things kind of need to need to be separated. It's like the surfing was peerless and uh, will stand the test of time, but the culture that went with it was not good. And you got yeah. to kind of not associate but the two oh, man, things. It's like rock and roll and fucking and drug use. It it's, is. It's, it's in that same ballpark. Like yep. you think that if you start a band, you got to be a fucking totally. maniac. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, that's, that's the kind of, attitude that uh yeah it's damaging but fuck they're hard to peel apart but interestingly yeah. ai comes back at, at the age of 33 uh that fucking iconic age that mm. it is like this it's like seems to be this age of wisdom and reflection on your life and you know he's putting together like performances that are reminiscent of his golden era um at j bay at uh you know at, at you know, Oh, he won that comp at Chopes, four foot Chopes. I was there for that. It was mm. actually uh, pretty anticlimactic. Sick to see him win, but <laughs> fuck, it was shit surf. Um, it was the surfing he did in Bali that year. I don't think it's even in this series that I was just fucking getting... S you remember that? It's one of the, the all-time classic Andy Cuddies. I don't know if it's Karamas or one of those, yeah. you know, double D waves or whatever, but it is the full-blown mongrel V8 fucking round the chicanes at Mount Panorama just... Boom, it's so... It was you know his it section is? It's at, a turn of truth, Smithy. It was his section at, uh, on Stranger Than Fiction. That section That's was... That's the that, section, that, isn't that, it? It was like a bunch oh, of those Bali clips. Mm, so crazy. Yeah, Karamas? It was all mm. mostly Karamas. Oh, was a couple my God. Of like, fuck, he goes absolutely yeah. so turbo but in that thing. I guess it's interesting. I mean, because in the film, he talks about surfing from a place of, of love and kindness and, and kind of shedding that, uh, you know, all that anger that was driving him early on and that's that's when he comes back to tour and he's like kind of a, a different person um and he he's no longer so caught up in in theory or as the film depicts in that substance abuse um and your generation connor has like completely stepped off that that plane or boat like it, it's that culture of yeah. severe degeneracy the rock and roll um, lifestyle mixed with high performance surfing no longer exists. Um, nah. well, why is that? I just think because surfing's growing so fast and everyone's always trying to strive to get better that as soon as you take your foot off the accelerator, people are just going to just be way better than you and then you won't be able to catch up. I think it's also because Andy died, mate. Mm. Like, yeah, we're, we're, well. we're, we're in the world post Andy and like, you know, uh, right up until that happened, there was still the uh, there was still the opportunity, if you want, to think that you could do that. Mm. But that was the that was the reality check. Mm. That's when it all changed. 
totally. And I'm sure people will be like going, you know, kind of writing me off going, ah, you want everyone to be clean skin, fucking surf nerds. I'm like, mate, think of fucking Axel Lyons. You know, he's a kid who's going to grow up with no old man because of a fucking big night and the mm. packets and oxies like it's it's not a good look for the child that's kind of what i think of in these scenarios I, I don't lord people up for being a mad surfer or a mad footballer i lord them on the ability on their ability to raise mm. a family and be a good community man that's actually what fucking matters like all the shit you see on surf films and stuff it's a, a false reality that, that doesn't really give you an idea of who that person is and being a surf journalist through that period you know i got to see what these people were really like in all of their complexities. And, and I, I was covering the tour when AI was back on in 2010. And uh, yeah, man, like there was some pretty troubling shit going down. Like, you know, he was, he, he was such a good guy who had such a, a warm and quality heart. And you could see that, you know, he gave everyone time, like especially battlers, man. Like he, he looked after to looked after battlers, but then, you know, he'd fucking man, like that that culture of drinking and, and drug abuse. Like, I, I was not, I was not impressed by the whole scene down there. Anyway, mm. so and not, you know, those stories don't really see the light of day for, for whatever reason mm. oh, in the film, mm. in print, um, because you know the surf media is in this tough spot of you know relying on big money from the surf not so companies. much anymore. But yeah, it's it's, it's starting to head, peel away from that. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of darkness get... surrounding that era, is what I'm saying. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but the general public realizes it. They they kind of just see the surfing and sometimes think that that's something to aspire to. And I'm like, mm. I think that what it is is actually that a lot of darkness still existed. It's it's like uh, you know it was starting to become a lot more professional, or at least had the appearance that it was all. You know, starting to head in this direction of being mm. super, you know, functioning, high-level athletic sport. But it still had all the hangovers from, you know, it's only 30 years old. Uh, the majority of those years were spent as a party circuit, following mm. the worst waves around, following summer around. Every town's time to shine. You've heard every single pro surfer say that's the struggle. The Foster's World Tour. Yeah, you know, like everything. Yeah, the fucking Gunston 500 sponsored by the biggest ciggy company in the world. <laughs> like all, all of that shit. Uh, you, you, you Potts likes a handful, a full handful yeah. of Gunston 500s before he surfs his heat. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just surfing. Uh, it took a long time to grow up. And, and, and that's sadly the worst thing about it is that, uh, you, you know, one of the great world champions was caught up in probably the last days of fucking, what is it? It's the last days of reckoning mm. where you could not do that anymore. Yeah, crazy. Uh, he came good and relapsed. That's the thing. You always have, in any kind mm. of redemption pathway, there's inevitable relapses. Um, yeah. And for AI, it was substance abuse and it yeah. ended up getting him. But let's talk mm. about the surfing man because it, it fucking is peerless. Oh. Backside, vertical fucking hits, the foam rise, the floaters, the yeah, huge pumps. fucking crazy. The tube riding. Frontside on wrap on the guy. <sighs> Just the way he like. Rode a wave and how different he rides it compared to a lot of people in that generation. Even now, like even to the generation now, I feel like it's just so unique and so like inspiring. And you're always like, fuck, I wonder if I can, you know. Was it you talking about it last time you were in? I'm not sure if it was. It's like he holds the top half of his body different to the bottom half. So he's able to actually like change what he wants to do as he's sort yeah, of yeah. coming off the bottom or if he's about to head down the face, he can pivot or snake in ways that other yeah. guys can't. He can kind of like react much, much quicker because of this weird 
sort of way that he holds his top mm. half. And obviously, Ethan's got the same thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting... Like, you know, when you... Yeah, you, I know what you mean. You yeah. hear the... Uh, you yeah. hear pro surfers and high-level fucking, you know, that high-level of surf intellect start breaking down style and you can sort of start to piece together what made him so electrifying. What yeah, did you 100%. take away from his surfing, mostly? Just how he was just so adaptable in every kind of can every kind of section that threw it was in front of him. He was just he was able to adapt, you know, no matter how good or bad the section was, he still he adapted so well that it looked like he knew what he you know, he meant he meant what he was doing, but he was just kind of going with whatever was in front of him. And I thought that's really cool. And mm. I think the way it's funny, like the way he, like you said, Vorno, with his ar- like with his upper body, the way he uses his arms and how he keeps everything really nice and low, and therefore keeps him really centered the entire wave. I feel like it's really cool, and um, yeah, I just think adapting was. Look, a huge you one. have, I, I, and this is <clears throat> from someone who fucking loves to watch surfing like a gigantic surf nerd, as me and Smithy truly are. Truth, truth, Smith. Speak, mm. I'm speaking truth here. Mm. But you've probably got like one of the most critical, tightest, aggressive backside snaps on tour. Like not many guys can punch it as vertically as you can with as much power, bring it straight back down the same track you went up on and just load it up and do it again. And I reckon that that's something AI had like really on point. Uh, even, you know, like big, strong, vertical power turns are so fucking hard to do well. Mm. Well, what's the like, – was that something that you were looking at as a Grom? Were you looking at his backhand attack or like who, who were you sort um, of like drawing from? Because I find that uh, it, it's, it's a lot easier to do sort of big hacks under the lip or, you know, carve it mm. out of a Rio rather than just fully attack it. You know, AI just always won the power game with whatever lip he was hitting. 100%. Woody actually – I spoke – I was having a I – I saw Woody, James Woods – well, it was probably like a week the ago. The Taipan. And uh, we are talking... It's finest. We are just talking about Andy and he had a really good story. He was the one of the years he was at the Billabong House when he was sponsored by them um, at Pipe. Um, he was staying with Andy and, and he was surfing Sunset one day and um, Woody was like, I could barely do a bottom turn and I'm seeing Andy just going through the leap on like 10-foot sections at the bowl and he goes and he asked... Andy, he's like, how do you do that? And he goes, bruh, you just got to act like it's a two-foot wave and just go as hard as you can. If the wave's coming hard at you, you got to come back as twice as hard back. Wow. And I was like, it's really cool. Like, it makes man. sense. Like, yeah, it is. If it you're is. not confident, the wave's going to fucking eat you up. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's, a, it's like a, a, a measuring scale of, of speed and power. And AI was right in the fucking center of that measuring scale. Mm. He had the, the measure of... He, he just found the sweet spot of speed and power, and like he, he never looked rushed, he never looked ratchety, he never looked like he was, you know, snatching at sections. He was just fucking smoothly cleaving the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Mick Fanning say the exact same thing. He's yeah. just like, if, if you just if you go at it as hard as you can, like, and when I when I say as hard, like he's just surfing every wave like it's the same size. Yeah, like, he just it, it's it's sort of almost yeah, it's like. Like you say, it takes out any thinking. You just you're operating on. All right, there's the section. I'm going to whack it, and mm. and it just all starts to flow. A formula, yeah. a simple mechanical formula that yeah, you use that Smith. To, yeah, without having to. Yeah. It's, it's the the thinking game 
in pro surfing, especially in, in, in the midst of heats, just seems like such a nightmare. Guys get so frequently caught up in their own minds. Yeah. Um, having a simple, just distilling it to that level of simplicity. Agreed. Yeah. I, I just reckon, yeah, look, Stab, the, the only way you can watch AI and the Radicals, you know, Andy and the Radicals, is to get Stab Premium. I think it's coming out on iTunes soon too. Oh, cool. Well, it's well worth checking out. And uh, yeah, just, just reliving the surfing. Like as someone who grew up in that area in particular, mm. it's just so sick, man. After you, I felt 15 watching some of those episodes. I was just going, this yeah. is so good. I just wanted to fucking get me 5.5 five by 19 and a quarter, get out there and fucking give it to me. What a team. Lopez, yeah. Wardo, AI was yeah, in the boards. It really highlighted how good his backside surfing is too. Yeah. I thought like... You know, I feel like there's been a lot of footage as of late, just pretty much mostly on his forehand. And to see a bunch of footage backside was like super refreshing. It was kind of like, fuck, he's, you know, he's just as good backside as he is frontside. There's no real fault to him. Nah, so true. So true. It's under or over. Righto, Smithy. Let's get stuck into overs and unders. Uh, John John Florence loses mock heat against Hawaiian Grom. Welch is on, belt, on bet to eat spam and do burpees. What? Well, I know nothing about this. Oh, I mean, what kind of world are we living in, Vaughn? Oh, I don't even know what world we are living in. Flash flooding, forest infernos, betting Welches by two-time world champions. It's a disgrace. What, what's happened here? So, uh, you know, I guess it's part of the Ross Williams School of High Performance Surfing down there on the North Shore and uh, John John's paired up against a young local uh, Hawaiian Grom and they've gone toe-to-toe in a mock heat and John John, being a two-time world champ, uh, has a little wager with the Grom and says whoever loses this heat's going to eat a, a tin of Spam. Uh, but then John loses the heat and uh, the Spam is served up, does not scoff Spam. Well, this is... I think there needs to be an investigation. This is uh, unacceptable at the highest level. Uh, Julian Wilson, years and years ago, when we were up at the Quickie Pro, I think the comp had ended, uh, about 30 of us all went 10-pin bowling. Mm. And uh, Julian Wilson actually lost. And the bet was the person who wins gets to pick a tattoo for the person who loses. And this is Julian in his full golden boy puka shell necklace Pin-up Dolly magazine rip-out phase. He was just looking that gorgeous. Oh, it was a gold I, think he, I think he was about 17 or 18. Mm. I don't even know. Legally, he yeah. probably wasn't even allowed to get a tattoo. But, uh, you know, being brought up with the values, the strict values, core values by Mick and Nola, he lost the bet. Paul Antman Patterson had won the day. And uh, he said, all right, well, you can get a 10-pin bowling pin tattooed on you. And he did it. <laughs> he fucking did it. He stepped up. That's world champ material. Even though he hasn't won one yet. Mm. It's the Aussie way, isn't it? No, lose, a bet's a bet. Mate, it's, it's a hard thing to back out of a bet. Yeah, Gee, especially is. against a Gromit. That Gromit is going to always look up to John John and go, that guy's fucking full of shit. <laughs> he doesn't speak the truth. He's not the truth speaker. Where's no. Gabby? That's my new hero. That's right. You think that'll count against him in the ultimate run into a world title? That just that He's just erred on the side of non-truth. No, that's hectic. Uh, I, I, um, it's a bad omen going into the uh, 2021 season. I reckon uh, uh, a prize to any Swellian who, first Swellian who uh, texts us on the, uh, on the gram, DMs us and says, tells us where Julian's bowling pin tattoo is. Mm. 
<laughs> Interesting spot. It's uh, not where Kobe's is, not where Kobe's bra boy tattoo is, is it? Oh, hey, Which is on, know. oh on his, I know on where his pecker. Is. Oh, is it? Is it? <laughs> is it? I thought yeah. it was under his lip. Well, I don't know. But uh, uh, well, it's not, he doesn't have a, an outline I, of a, uh, a 10 pin. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, footnote to that story, Smithy. When we went and did uh, Ain't That Swell at Pauline Mensa's house the other day, mm. I uh, needed to use the bathroom. I went in there. And uh, sitting there, just on the uh, on the shelf, a decorative uh, little a little can, you know, like a little uh, a little can of unicorn meat. True yes. story. Did Interesting. You unicorn meat. Uh, no, I didn't. But uh, now that you mention, I, I could smell it, and mm. it was. Uh... Oh, you went in after me though. I had had about five coffees. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, true. Maybe it was your unicorn meat. I could smell. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> Connor, you uh, you ever welched on a bet? Uh no, nah. no, nah, you can't. See, that's it's true. Not the, it's not. It's not the Australian way. You lose a bet, you got to do the bet. That like oh. I've I, the same same. So a couple of years on the we're in the Azores doing the QS and um the Azores is like the island off Portugal mm. and same thing. It was like around that time period where I was like, you know, when you you say something you're like, what are the odds of you doing this? And then something, and then you yourself have to give yourself like a you know out of 10 or out of 15 or out of 20 and we had a um my, my mate and i had a big night in the night before and we we're walking to get brekkie and my mate goes what are the odds of you taking a shot right now i was like 8 a.m slept like i don't know 30 minutes or something and i was like oh 20 and then like you and then you someone counts you in and you got to say a number between one and 20 and then if you both say them the same number you got to do the bet uh-huh. so i was just like both dusty as walking in, they're like, Yep, all right, someone counted us in. We both said seven. I just had to walk into the bar, and this the chick gave me like a coffee mug sized tequila shot. <laughs> and just he's just laughing at me, and it just it actually made me feel a little bit better. But fuck at the time, I was struggling. But yeah, oh, bet's a bet, you got to do it. Mm. Nah, good on you, mate. <laughs> I respect that big time. I was uh, it was after Bell's one year, it was 2003, I think. And uh, I got a ride up to, to get the plane out of Melbourne, but it wasn't until the next day I was with Fanning, Parko and Oki. <laughs> we all went to dinner and I didn't have any money for dinner. You know, surf journey wages, mm. Vivi, you know, mm. you know, full will. Oh, slim pickings <laughs> out there. Anyway, I was basically waiting for the guys to finish so I could eat the scraps off their plates. Oh, yes. Anyway, um, someone said, uh, what was it? It was like, the thing the waiter said, oh, is anyone... Paco Asawada, has anyone ever swum across the Yarra? We were eating in a restaurant right on the Yarra River there. And um, the guy went, oh, yeah, a couple of people have done it. But uh, but uh, no one's done it and not been arrested. And I was like, I bet you I could do it. And Paco <laughs> just pulled out a $500 chip, put it on the table and went, that's for you if you do it. And I just got nude at the table, <laughs> ran over the footpath, dived into the Yarra, started swimming across to the other side. I didn't see this boat coming out. <gasps> Swam into the side of the boat, which was a party boat, and all these people are over the side going, get on, get on. I was like, no, I've got to get to the other side. I need 500 bucks so I can eat some food. Swam to the other side, did the jet dance, jumped back in, swam back. The boys pulled me up. I went straight back into the restaurant. No, no one caught me. No nothing. Parko gave me the chip. Fucking there you go. No way. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Hard to top that. Had absolute blind. I got away with it. And, the, and then the restaurant shouted me free drinks because I was the first per- person who'd ever done it without getting busted. Mm. So there you go, John John. 
I reckon uh, maybe pull your head out, mate. <laughs> pull your head out. It might work in your favour. Mm. It might. Mm. Spam's good. Do you think we should also all go down to the beach for John John's Heats waving giant spam placards? Mm. Just saying, boo, just boo him as he's running down for his heat. Meet his murder, that kind of stuff. Mm. Or, uh, I mean. No, no, the opposite. Yeah. Welcher. Yeah. Just boo him. We Meet just his have, title material. Spam is awesome. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it is awesome, and it's also responsible for a hell of a lot of diabetes. So maybe dodge the dodge the bullet there, John John. There but still a massive under, huge under, yeah, huge under. Uh, well, I mean, we we couldn't come here without touching on skin deep by Felicity Palmatier Vaughan. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting, uh, it's a really interesting time to be releasing a film like this. I don't know if they looked at the. Uh, premiering schedule for Girls Can't Surf, but they're definitely from polar opposites of the uh, kind of female empowerment spectrum. But someone might say, although uh, Wendy Botha might have something to say about that because it's definitely out of the kind of Wendy Botha handbook of mm. you know pride over the female form. Um, but, I mean, it cost me $5 to watch a four-minute 20 film clip of uh, Felicity, you know, in Starkers, bottom turning, and I feel like it would have been cheaper to just cop the the phone sex hotline, Vaughn. I mean, for for that kind of, mm. oh, I was expecting. Is, is that what feature. you were getting on for? Well, that, I mean, is that, is that why you weren't sort of looking at it uh, from uh, through the lens of uh, this is uh, artistically and. Uh, philosophically, like, you know, a really important moment for women surfing? Well, I, I intended to look at it through that lens, but then that lens fogged up and I... Uh, <laughs> it's un- I unusual. had to change lenses unusual. and it, I took the Vaseline off. And- uh, <laughs> <laughs> unusual for Rick Rafisi's uh, lens to fog up mm. mid-bottom turn. Yeah. What's that about? Oh, indeed. I mean, yes, very poorly timed <laughs> fog up. Interesting too, Chris White uh, was part of that film production crew, The Mastermind behind uh, Tension, the Tension series. And I uh, tell you, probably was feeling a bit of tension in the making of that film. Uh, I don't know if he was uh, nicking off to the dunes to <laughs> rub a couple out between drone footage, but... Uh... <laughs> Jeez, it looked like a what, hard job, what, what, what? <laughs> Look, man, it's, it's hard. It's, it, you know, coming, coming at this, Smithy, as someone who has disrobed for art's sake... Mm. I, I did a, uh, a, a, a Monster Children's story years ago where uh, we actually started, we were in the pub drinking, trying to come up with ideas. And I said, what about if uh, like I write a story from, you know, a first time nude model's perspective for this drawing class? And the boys just set it up straight away. Fucking fuckwits, of course they did. <laughs> anyway, so I go, I go into the class, get nude. I'm sort of, you know, I'm trying to feel empowered, trying to feel like I'm, I'm you know, getting to... <laughs> Feels familiar, familiar and comfortable. Oh, fuck, mate. It was beyond cold. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened, but it felt like I was on one of the fucking poles. It was that fucking cold. In it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, uh, in my own head, I guess, like, the, the reason for doing it was I was going, all right, well, fuck, yeah, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just see how, how comfortable I am with my body here. And it turned out I was fucking uncomfortable, mate. It was heavy. <laughs> uh, standing up there, getting drawn from all angles by, you know, uh, all sorts of crew. I think there was uh, everyone from 17-year-old uh, mathematics students to 78-year-old. Pretty sus-looking cunts, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean... I mean, my question, I, I, had the I, corn no. been rinsed that morning, Vaughn? Was the, the corn rinsed? Oh, mate, I, I reckon I had a toothbrush in the shower 20 minutes before I even went into the class, just giving it a good old scrub, Smitty. <laughs> the corn had to be sparkling, mate. Old sparkle corn, Vorno was right on point, let me tell you. But yeah, it was hard, mate. I'll tell you the, the fig. It wasn't my toothbrush, was it? 
Actually, did you state my... No, I don't know. I feel like I got a Polaroid in the mail not long after. No, look, I can kind of like, you know, look, I can kind of understand where an idea like this kind of can could grow in your head where you want to like, you want to explore just being in this natural world and, and trying to capture it and, and empower yourself. Mm. I don't know how it translates to empowering other people, but looking at the feedback that this has had on all these different comment threads and stuff, people fucking love it, mate. Mm. They love it. They love it. What do they love about it? What, what was the, where, think, where was the, uh, well, the I, value in this art? I don't know. I, I, like, I'm not, <laughs> like I say, like I say, I felt no comfort or empowerment when I got naked. So I don't know what I'm missing there. Maybe fuck, I know what I'm missing. Good three or four inches at least. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, you know, look, art is subjective. Uh, Felicity obviously had a, a full-blown uh, mission that she wanted to accomplish in, in spending a lot of money and time doing this. And uh, I think she's pretty thrilled with this role. So, I mean, you know, mm. say what you will. Mm. Say what you will, mate. Yes, I mean, I'm as poking as, fun at it. And, uh... As long as it's the truth. As long as it's the truth. Mm. Well, I mean... And we all need to take a fucking good hard look at ourselves, take a leaf out of Gabrielle Medina's book, mm. just find a wave of truth. Mm. Mm. I was expecting a bit of truth, but then as she, you know, came down the line and went to bury that deep bottom turn, suddenly the camera panned away. I was like, what's going on here? Where's the truth? Show us what you really made off, Flick. Well, what are you doing here? Are you doing an under or an over? Because I'm doing an over. I'm, I'm backing Felicity. I'm backing, I'm, backing, I'm backing the gumption to have an idea and see it through and fucking stick to your guns and do it. What the fuck, everyone else? That's your, like yeah. that's your interpretation of, of art. Gumption smeared on that lens. <laughs> right on the critical point. Yeah, I'll uh, back more I reckon it's uh, like everyone's entitled to their own, you know, opinions and... And it's art and, yeah, it's an empowering video and, yeah, good on her for, for giving it a go and telling everyone that, you know, doing something that may not seem right to make it right and, you know, show everyone that it's all right. Mm. But, yeah, it's pretty couple overs, yeah. Art for art's sake or just a quick snatch and grab? I'm going to have to say art for art's sake. Let's go over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want the feminazis on my case. Fucking hurling frozen bricks of tofu at old Smitty's panel van. <laughs> You're fucking misogynist white dog! Get out of here! You got a problem with the female form? I hope you get a lot, you mutt. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie. Uh, I've got a question here from Josh Windsor. He wants to know, what would Gonad Man think of today's pros? Are any of them capable of sticking their balls up their ass and farting them back out again? Like a, like the great one could? I'll throw this question to Connor. Who the fuck's Gonad Man? Oh, what? He's a Cronulla icon, mate. Southo's creation himself. <laughs> Why have Gonad I heard of fucking Gonad, Gonad Man you know, He probably weren't born when he was uh, gracing the pages of Waves, was it? Waves Magazine, back when uh, Kidman was editor, Andrew Kidman. Mm. Uh, he had a cartoon character called Gonad Man. And um, yeah, oh. one of his great tricks was shoving his balls up his ass and farting them back out. <laughs> Mid-tube. <laughs> I think, I reckon uh, Kolohe and Dino, surely he'd have to be fucking in the pocket mm. for being, at least being physically able to do it. Mm. Could yeah. someone missed though, like D'Souza or something? Susie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
fucking pretty weird. Like It'd be a great end to his career, wouldn't it? Last <laughs> heat, last heat, coming in, no chance, comboed, out pulls the down surf. the pants, the brown surf. eye at the beach, and just mm. farts his own balls back out of the crowd. <laughs> yes, yes, it would be a uh, high-scoring manoeuvre. I mean, see you later, WSL. <laughs> coming out of the, the tube at the surf ranch, eh? Yeah, true. <laughs> Mate, it's all we ask. Could for. do a bit of theatre the surf ranch. I mean, uh, I'd say Billy Kemper, but those. Balls are so huge, but then again, after that broken pelvis, it might have freed up a bit of space. <laughs> uh, or Durba, but he's not on tour. Truth, mate. That's all we're asking for. Just a bit, <laughs> just a bit of Gabby Medina truth. Uh, this is from Luke Summer, Smithy, and he said, uh, "What the fuck is Crosby Colapinto doing getting a wild card? Why isn't the Wazzle giving it to one of his Australia's best young talents? Picture Dakota Walters taking down some big names." Uh, and should I road trip down to the comps with Morgo in the red Corolla to brown eye Crosby every time he runs down for a heat? So uh, Luke must be mates with Morg, so that's, that's a feather in his cap. <laughs> yeah, but um, what do we think? Uh, look, I don't have a problem with uh, Cole getting it, especially after the Hawaiian season he just put in. Is it at the expense of Aussies if, if Australia's the only place where you can even have Wuzzle events? Thoughts? Um, I feel like... Yeah, I mean, he had such a good Hawaiian season that, fuck, he's, he's, he's ripping. So I guess he does deserve a spot. But then, yeah, I'm kind of – it would have been great to see someone else that was Australian to get a spot Why in an Australian he, event. Just yeah, because – Is it because of the rip curl thing? I guess, yeah, because rip curl. But right. it's, I just think of it in a way of like, let's say we had an event at Santa Cruz. It's not like, let's say, uh, fucking Geordie Lawler would get a spot. Mm-hmm in the Santa Cruz comp just because he was surfing good in Australia leading up to it. So you're off it. Yeah, it's a official. Bit. Yeah. Fuck, have a go at the stink nose. Have a look at the stink <laughs> nose on Connor's face right now. I just mate. think there's just, you know, there's an Australian event. Fuck, just put an Aussie in there. Oh, surely uh, it's, they it's, need... it's like someone's done a, a blurry bottom turn in your face, <laughs> mate. Your nose is that curled up. <laughs> like, I love Crosby, but yeah, it would have been nice to see someone Aussie. Because there's so many good surfers around there. Surely they need... Like a better system than just arbitrarily selecting a team rider from the the company who's you know stumping up to run the event. Like, isn't, isn't there some kind of fucking like? Can't you take a, the, the top like I don't know the top guy from the QS ratings? Man. Like, well, there yeah, needs like, to I be a better loved... system than just fucking a popularity contest. I, I disagree. I reckon it should be the opposite way. I reckon it should be like, what's going to be the best story for surfing? Like, if I, if I was the WSL, I'd be ringing up Dane Reynolds and going, "Hey, we got a spot for you in this comp if you want it." Oh, or, for sure. or like if I was in the women's, I'd just be ringing up Bethany Hamilton and going, come out. We're going to take care of you. Fucking surf in the comp. Because every single person who loves surfing in the world, like you'd put Kyle Lenny in before you'd put in uh, half these guys just because he's mm. fucking, at least, if it doesn't work, you've lost nothing. If he gets through a couple of heats, all of a sudden you've got a fucking huge story on your hands. Yeah, to me, it makes it, it more interesting. Isn't this a sport that relies on uh, like ratings points and like a clear pathway to the top? Like that, most sports have uh, ratings points and a whole mm. and this whole kind of step by step process for a reason. Um, to just like it seems like every time a, a CT comes around, we just kind of junk the whole competitive format in favour of just some guy with a good story. Uh, it just seems like I, it's it's yeah. purpose built to create these kinds of conversations yeah. constantly. I get people like Dane and stuff because that would that's just that'd be fucking sick. It's good for pro surfing, right? Yeah, if he's in yeah, it. Yeah, but like I feel like not you know no disrespect to Crosby or anything, but like I'd personally rather see someone like Matty Banting 
get a spot for Newcastle mm. instead of, say, Crosby. Just purely because, you know, the, the he's been doing such great surfing and, you know, last year was such a tough year for him because he was on a roll and then COVID happened and everything went to shit. So... It would have been good to see someone what, like him. What, to just on that, mate, like what was the is there is there carryover points from the QS from last year into this year, do you know? I'm not hundred percent. Like if you sure. were in the top ten last year when COVID hit, which was like not a small thing because there'd been mm. a couple of big events. I think that was like one event or your best it, it result was, or something. You it kept? was the uh, manly, manly event. Yeah, ten thousand. Yeah. I think it was something like that. But yeah. Banting made the final of that. Yeah. For me. Got one here from uh, Julian Everett. He says, Good day, lads. I have a real predicament. I like to listen to ATS as I make my way down the coast from Canberra. But the problem is my wife can't stand listening to the two-time Gold Cone Piece Award winner, Samiri. Oh, jeez. I'm not sure if it's his rants or voice that drives her nuts, but I love nothing more than hearing his sweet voice as I prepare for a relaxing weekend down the coast. Please help. Um, I mean, I guess it's a cut and dry hey, situation. Hey, you might be, you could be stitching this poor bloke up for life here it's if you say the question. wrong thing. Well, I guess it's a cut and dry situation. Yeah. You have uh, on one hand your wife and on the other Smivy. You know. <laughs> Got to choose one so, or the other. Uh, eh? Yes, I guess uh, you'll be filing for divorce uh, soon. Baden Cram, yes, son of the great Richard, uh, one of the uh, all-time Swillians. And uh, put on a big show that night. We had the live show in in Avalon, Smithy. Remember Baden? He got the uh, he got the big spider tattoo out. Red back tat. The old man's board uh, logo right there on the uh, on the rib cage. On your baits, have you well, mate? His question is, what do you corn dragon core lords reckon the future holds for the Wazzle once they finish up the New South Wales beachy tour? Then WA, where to from there? I don't see Europe or Brazil holding events at least this year. I feel like it's going to be hard for uh, any of the boys to gain momentum. Love you, boys. On your baits. You're probably in a better position to uh, answer this. So, what, what do you see the tour looking like after Oz? Is it going to just be Chopes uh, and that's it? I, Chopes and Trestles? I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to the States. If we go back to America and do maybe Santa Cruz and the wave pool. Oh, the pool, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Chopes maybe. I guess that, yeah. God, it, it's, a, it's a pretty odd year. If you don't have a, a wave, like a, a hectic reef on tour, like you, yeah. I mean, Chopes is probably going to happen. But if it's a dud year, we're going to be hitting the pool or, or, or trestles with potentially like, potentially like. No truth, Vaughn. No truth, Smithy. I'm Smithy. Maybe. Oh, fuck. You scared the shit out of me then. Mm. Well, uh, the box <laughs> could dish up a bit of truth. Yep. Yeah, box does dish up yeah. truth. Mm. Yeah, that does just, just... How are you feeling about the box, Connor? You had uh, yeah, much experience out there? I've surfed it a couple of times. Um, like, I feel like with slabby waves like that, I'm from growing up from Cronulla, I'm kind of... I feel like I'm more comfortable in those types of waves than I am like a groomed right point just because, you know, down home, it's all slabs. It's mm. all slabs or nothing really. So um, growing up, you know, I'm so fortunate that I was growing up, you know, immersed in... You know, the Shark Islands and the Voodoo's and all them just scary as fuck. Fuck, it's just sick. You just got to get under the thing kind oh, of kind of. Plenty of, of truth and, down Cronulla way. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's it's definitely somewhere that um, I don't feel uncomfortable. Mm. So yeah, no, it's good. Truth. Can't wait. It's all we ask. Just a little bit of truth. Is it too yeah. much to ask for some fucking truth? 
Pitchfork Triple Two wants to know: Is there a more iconic trio than Tui's draft, Twin Fins, and the original '80s mullet? Can you guys please play the legendary MR Tui's ad for the young swellians who missed it? Yes, we can. Here it is. Nothing but truth on Ain't That Swell. He rides the waves of the world. He's the king of the curl. An Aussie with a will to win. Four times world champion. How do you feel? With a proud Novocastrian grin. The first champ to use the twin fin. They thought it was weird at the time. He left them all behind. How do you feel? Banzai Five Line Hawaii. He took the masters easily. Easily. Gorman wants to know, when will we see a CT surfer rip the deck pads off their quiver and go back to full wax? Who was the last CT surfer to go full wax? Oki? Tiago? No, Tiago Perez. Oh, the Tiger? Yeah, Tiago, yeah. Portuguese Tiger. Yeah. Mm. He went no pad to the death. Wow. Yeah. And had one of the most searing top turns in the biz. Bronte nearly does it. Bronte just does the kick. What's your take on the that, Dave, mate? Oh, just just straight up. Uh, what's what's your favourite pad setup? Um, just like two piece flat. Like pads don't really bother me. You know, people are like super particular with like, oh, I need a hump or, you know, the the arch or you know, I need a big like as long as because I got a big foot. As long as I got a big enough kick that will lock my foot in, I feel mm. like I'm yeah. That's all I need. Mm. Um, so yeah, I could definitely do the Bronte McCauley setup. Just have the kick and that's it. Mm. Do you feel naked without a, a tail pad on? Do you feel weird? Um, a little bit, but it's a, it it only takes a little bit to get used to again. Mm. If you do feel naked, I can get Rick Rafisi to come over and uh, do some footage <laughs> with you. Get a little bit of bass on the lens, just mm-hmm. cover the uh, the good bits. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Yeah, I might blow up. Oh, good. <laughs> you ever thought about um, just 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 the rashy? No boardies in a CT heat. <laughs> just to set unsettle the competitors. Fine. Would you get like a fine? Get, I, I, I remember. I reckon you would. One year in Portugal, Wilco had a white wetsuit, and uh, he paddled out for an expression session, and he had drawn a thong on it with a, a, just a big long dick hanging out the side of it, <laughs> and he got fucking fully reprimanded for uh, yeah, walking down the, the beach with a uh, yeah mm. dick hanging well, out well, of I mean, his g-string. The the rashy drawn on though it was mm. the rashy uh, no pants. Strategy was used to great effect by the uh, Bondi in the nude ITN board riders, propelled him to a 1986 Surf League Championship win. Oh, <laughs> so uh, there is precedent. You got one there, Smith? I got a good one. Uh, this is from Jack Tama Wright, and he wants to know, and this is, this is a really good one. I haven't uh, visited this space for a long, long time, but it's a good question on you, Jack. Why is it that your nut rises up into your guts in a springy and not in other weddies? And does the goat suffer from such mere mortal issues, you know, being a pretty prolific springy wearer of the old goat? Well, I believe the goat, uh, being in his old age now, has the luxury of tucking that nut right into his corn. So, uh... <laughs> Go on, Ant-Man style. 
It's a problem that so only the, afflicts the young born. Well, this, the goat did share pages with Gun Admin. They were around in the same era. Mm. Uh, the goat had hair at the time, but uh, he maybe he taught him. Could have happened, mate. The, actually, uh, Kelly used to get ruthlessly uh, parodied in in old Gun Admin copies. Mm. Uh, so they used to draw him in a head to toe condom because he was uh, so such a a clean, you know, sparkly clean icon. <laughs> And uh, Gardner Man kind of represented the the, the core, mm. the truth. Mm. And um, yeah, they called him Smelly Skater in it. That's where, that's where the Smelly Skater nickname came from. Ouch. That's got to hurt. Yeah. Actually, I remember one time I was in the tracks office and uh, Gardner Man was at his peak. He was a huge global phenomenon. And Johnny Boy Gomes came into the office. And uh, Southo and Ank were in there and... Uh, Johnny Boy comes in and... This and is deep in Darlinghurst country, am I right? Deep in Darlinghurst, yep. Yeah, yeah. The uh, tracks office was a long, long way from the beach. It was actually much closer to the uh, the local uh, heroin uh, injecting room that they just set up uh, oh, just at I'm the just north trying of King's to Cross there. The Hawaiian great making his way through the train system makes, of Central makes, Station. Makes his way, gets off. Just, uh, something yeah. like a David Bowie film clip or something. It was actually more. pretty amazing. He came in and um, Sado sees him and goes, oh, I just put you a uh, drawing of you in the latest uh, Gonad Man comic. <laughs> And uh, I sort of like got wind of this and I turned around. Well, and I was I'm like, sure you got wind of it. I think that wind was coming straight mate, off the glacier. He, he sitting opens in up the mat. pants. Genuinely proud. Genuinely proud. He goes, Look, I put you in Gonad Man thinking John, Johnny Boy would be frothing. And he's drawn Johnny Boy hanging out in Gonad Man's secret jungle lair as a cross dressing Hawaiian <laughs> transgender, you know. Icon. Yeah, well, that's the Darlinghurst influence. Yeah, and uh, Johnny Boy did not like it. Mate, the fucking <laughs> air in the room just evaporated and you could just feel the – you know when there's a fucking angry dog? Like I'm talking like when you walk past the yard and you can feel that a dog is about to rip mm. your leg off. It was that energy. Mm. And it was yeah, like when – When the quantum field turns to poo like, particles, Vaughn. It was like, oh, bruh, you think this is funny? Like a proper, like, oh, you know. No. It, it was just hectic. Did he – I'm picturing uh, Johnny Boy getting Sado's canvas and just smashing it over Sado's head. Oh, it was just uh, – it was an interesting scene. It somehow dissolved. I don't know, I don't know how, but, uh, yeah, he, he got away with it, old Sado, and um, more power to you, bro. Now, well played. <laughs> I've got one here from uh, Josh Corey. This one's for you, Connor. Um, he says, uh, Adrian and Kolohe. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, we'll take that as a comment. But uh, what, the, what the plan of attack there in the very first round of the Newcastle comp? Would love to see you come out on top. Also, and this is a, a bit of a, a conversational non sequitur, but he says, also, thoughts on farting in wetsuits? Is it okay? Is the risk worth it? We all know the lingering smell that sticks to your back. Personally, disgusting in anything thicker than a 3-4. 4-3, I think he means. But otherwise, acceptable in certain situations. Love your boys. yeah um, you got to let it take out. Take your pick. Mm, better out than in. Better out than in. Then you surf better. Oh, mate, it all depends on what you're eating for breakfast or for dinner the previous night, if you ask me. Yeah. You think that's uh, Toledo's secret, uh, those kind of extra poppy uh, era verses? <laughs> he does it. The, the black beans, the Brazilian black beans diet and a well-timed pop-off as he hits the lip. <laughs> Man, I, don't, I don't think there's anything worse than the smell of a fart, like, you know, filtering through, you know, whatever water is in your wetsuit and then finally just reaching breath air. So it's like reaching the fresh air at the neck of your wedding. It, it just bubbles out. You're just like, oh, you, <laughs> it that's such it a bubble. Oh, marinating in your own poo particles. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like bong water, but not. 
Um, so the, the draw's out. You know who's in your first heat. Um, is it Susie and Kaloha? Is that right? Be. I don't know. Is that, is that that's, that's, I haven't even looked. That's the insinuation. Surely, Smithy. Oh, well, as a two-time Gold Cone Piece Award winning journalist, I'm here to tell you what I know. Uh, all right. Well, look, hang on. Susie yeah. and uh, Brother. So everyone is expecting a big year from Brother. Uh, the, the, the sort yep. of the noise I'm hearing around the traps is that uh, first CT win uh, could happen even at Newey and that uh, they're expecting him to be in that world title finals series. Uh, I think that's fair call. He's been on, on the rise. Uh, does have a little touch of the white chalkies about him sometimes, the old brother, but uh, do love him. Mm. Uh, yep. do, you have, do you have a sort of set tactics? I know I kind of touched on this before, but do you have set tactics against certain guys? Like are there guys you know you can push, mm. you can get up under their rash of Up against or, the white chocolates, you just, you know, put them under the blowtorch? I guess so. I guess someone like Kalohe, like, would be... You soft the, chocolate, the, Kalohe. The more pressure you put on, the maybe the more head noise starts coming in and then you kind of... And then he beats himself, I think. Mm. I feel like whenever he loses, it always seems to be that type of deal. So, yeah, I guess just trying to give yourself as much opportunity as you can. And Susie? Oh. It's the surgeon, in fact. Oh, Ace. Oh, it's Ace. Oh. oh. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. I feel like... Ace catches about three waves of heat, so as long as you can kind of get waves around him. Oh, geez, that's a good. That's good to know, isn't it? Yeah. What's well, yeah. what happened? I had a heat with him at Cabba that time, and that when that comp was on last year, and did the same thing. It kind of worked. I went left. Loving these tactics. Yeah. Loving this inside <laughs> scoop on the fucking boys, eh? So if you can like, if you if you say you like, you keep your time in your sets. You're going all right. There's two wave sets here. I've got priority. I'll just make a little move for the first one, but not too much of a move, and then I'll get the second one anyway. Yeah. And uh, Ace is left sitting out the back waiting for another set. Yeah, exactly. So it's already cut exactly. five minutes out Ace of Ace is seat. like such a surgeon. He's, he's, he's a always going to be on the best waves. Brainiac so. too. Yeah. It's a matter of just trying to catch a lot of waves and getting in a good rhythm. Jazza Flynn here. He wants to know, uh, now that Italo has a can of Red Bull at arm's reach 24-7, what's more likely? Italo throwing 1080s on the reg or early onset diabetes? Mm, it's going to be one or the other. <laughs> well, it could be both. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the return to strapped surfing, though, in one foot toe ats. It's like Dylan Longbottom. Somewhere Dylan Longbottom yeah. is just punching the air mm. going, about time. Mm. Relevance is mine. Oh, I think it wasn't it's all in it. vain, Dills. wasn't all in vain. You've left your imprint, my friend. Maybe a bit of both. Doing 1080s while getting diabetes. Ever, ever, ever given a, a double spinner crack? Nah, but I want. I actually after watching um, Italo's spinners he was doing on with straps, it'd be pretty sick to try. Jeez, I mean, far out. Your your ankle. Or even just have one strap. Yeah, you, you yeah. need an exit strategy, don't you? Far out. I feel like, yeah, especially that close to the shore, you. He wants to be careful he doesn't project too far out in the flats and just land on the first dune. It's it's kind of yeah. like, isn't it like the the trampolines at the um. High performance center. You just you just get used to the feeling of what a double spin's gonna feel like. Yeah, and then yeah. one day, lo and behold, can of Red Bull in one hand, giant blonde dreadlocks in the other. Mm. Bang. Stomp it. Looking like Jim Pellegrino's love child. I mean, Joel Parkinson ruined his two thousand and nine world title run with one measly three quarter rotation air reverse worn. I mean <laughs> how have we come this far in the space of ten years, eleven years? It's amazing, years? isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, one more, Smith. Carry on. Well played. Okay. Oi, respect has just sent in a comment, Smithy. Fuck pots. Thought oh. you'd enjoy that. <laughs> well said. Uh, 
And uh, let's have a look here. Zephyr Charters wants to know, what's the go with ScoMo telling the Swellians we can't surf at the moment? Sort him out. Now, have you caught wind of this? I think ScoMo's come out and said you can't surf in Cronulla. And why I think ScoMo's be? come out, the fucking Prime Minister of our country, fucking absolute peanut. <laughs> what? And uh, said that surfing has been banned. Have you heard any of this? Well, uh, I mean... Just is there any truth to this? Surely there's no truth. I mean, there can't be truth. Not in the land of truth, Cronulla. Oh, geez, it's quite... I mean, after the absolute shit show of decisions he's made, it would just it kind of fits right in with that steep, steep decline of the Liberal Party in this country. Oh, it's mate, just one it. fucking shit-the-bed scenario after another. <laughs> I, I, look, Surely not. You, you, I've got to ask you, mate. What's it about? I don't want to get into the politics, but you're a Cronulla boy. Scamo Scott Morrison, the, the Prime Minister of the country, pretends he's from Cronulla. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just two words, go. Uh, White dog. Um, Fuck it. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't really have much to do in politics. So I don't really give a fuck, but um, yeah. It's all right, mate. We've got you one, kind of said it for me anyway. One phrase. One phrase for us, Scamo. You get the lot, you fucking might. You fucking get the lot. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. 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 Oh, you gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me. You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You have not to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?